Yes, folks, Beef Sticks Podcast is still here. It's been a couple of weeks. We've missed some big events, but we're here for you with your results. I am one half of the team, and my name is Pasty. And I am one third of the team, and my name is Fat Mac. So what's going on, man? Well, to be straightforward with everybody without getting into details, I, I literally almost died over these last couple weeks. I, I was on my deathbed. I think it's safe to say it was a uh, uh, shitty couple of weeks. It was it was very shitty. I ended up contracting a virus um, that had me bedridden for two no, weeks. No, not gonorrhea, folks. He already had that. Yeah, not a, not a STD virus, a different virus, but... Um, Nonetheless, yeah, it really, uh, it really took me out. I was, I was literally bedridden. I went from my bed to my bathroom to my bed to my bathroom. I could only drink water. In fact, I, I just started trying to eat uh, Tuesday, and I've barely been able to eat even since then. Um, and a couple times I didn't quite make it to the bathroom, which is embarrassing, but that's just part of life. And that's good so, broadcasting. Hey, you know, it's it's honest. We give you all the honest, the true, the full in-depth here. So, so uh, thank everybody for being patient. I thank everybody who was worried about me. Um, big shout-out to everybody who uh, checked on me and helped me out in any way possible they could. That uh, that was a, a big help. A, a big shout-out to my son, Phantom Loke, who uh, basically ran the household while I was out. So... I I mean the place would my my house is pretty rough right now with not having me do anything for the last two weeks including my lawn not being mowed but without Phantom Loke it would have been a lot worse than it is now too so um yeah with uh with the way I was laid out I literally was only able to watch NXT TakeOver I, I weighed what was available and that seemed like the best one to watch so well, you I, can't um, go wrong with the takeover. No, very rarely. Even I think when they're not one, great, they're still damn good. Yeah, I think we've had like one disappointing takeover, and even that one is yeah better than a lot of other big shows. So yeah, and we'll get into all that for you folks very soon. But first, I gotta give a shout out to that dude, Saint and Qualities T-shirt company, because they keep our bodies clothed with the finest garments. Now with Cloud Style Broadcasting logos, it's pretty badass. We got these shirts for the Galactic Get Down, and aren't they comfortable? Oh, so comfortable. I love them. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Dustin. We love you. And we think every one of you listeners should buy your custom-made quality t-shirts from Quality's T-Shirt Company. Yes. Yes. And then, of course, there's always Monster Wear Clothing, bringing you your small runner bulk orders on custom-made vinyl decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics. They offer custom graphics and logo design services on the cheap. My homeboy and yours, Witness Boy Meets World, as Corey Matthews brings you an out-of-this-world deal for your marketing opportunities. Check them out. Check it out. Check, 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 check it out. 
And something else you should take some time to check out this week is uh, our This Week in Pro Wrestling History. There's a, uh, in, on, on August 15th of 1982, we're going way back before either Pasty or I were even born. Back in, in August 15th of 82, Ric Flair retained his National Wrestling Alliance World Heavyweight Championship, defeating Kerry Von Erich in the main event of World Class Championship Wrestling's Star Wars events. Ooh, that would not fly today, I don't think. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> this was a jam-packed show. Uh, if if Kerry Von Erich and and Ric Flair doesn't doesn't float your boat, and folks for. For you who might not know, the Von Erichs ran World Class Championship Wrestling, so Kerry Von Erich was like the guy there, and of course Ric Flair was the guy in NWA, so that was a huge main event. But the card also featured Jose Lothario, Kamala, Bugsy McGraw, David and Kevin Von Erich as well, as well as a co-main event that saw the World Class Championship Wrestling American Heavyweight Champion King Kong Bundy versus... Harley Race, who we just recently lost, rest in peace, and that match ended in a double disqualification, so King Kong Bundy kept his title. Crazy. That's so a stacked folks, if, card. That, that is huge, and that isn't even all the all the matches. Those are just the names I think uh, some of the listeners would probably know. So, folks, if you get a chance, go on the WWE Network or go on your Google machine and look up World Class Championship Wrestling Star Wars event. You know, if nothing else, just watch the last two, the King Kong Bundy race and the the Flair Von Eric. I've watched both of them, and they are well worth the watch. And if you're newer wrestling fans, just go back to see something different, because this is going to be different. And it very well might not be your cup of tea, but go into it with an open mind, I would suggest. There's a rich history in the world of wrestling goes deeper than what a lot of people's lifespan would would uh, would define even our lifespan? Yeah, for sure. Uh, another great card was NXT Takeover Toronto. Man, I had a lot of fun watching this one. It was a extremely solid card. Can I say? And I should probably wait till the match comes. But I'm just going to put it out here now. I did not like Velveteen Dream's entrance. No, no, you liked it. It was. I mean, Canadian. <laughs> he, he came out as a Mountie. It was well, and it was dancing Mounties. Canadian. It was more <laughs> whatever the uh, the basketball team is, or whatever, or yeah. the hockey team, yeah. or the football team, or. See, I, I, this is I, what I NXT know. is going to be like when Vince sinks his claws into it. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's like this seemed very Vince like. It didn't seem Velveteen Dream like. It didn't seem NXT like. Um, it, when they started with just the Mountie stuff, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but even that, it almost just seems like just a ploy. Like, they never connected it to the Dream in any way. Yeah. Like, why does the Dream have Mounties out here dancing? <laughs> That's what he dreamed about that night. And then why does he have uh, basketball players out here dancing after? Like, I... None of that made sense to me, but that I just wanted to get that out of the way because that really bothered me because I was that was about the only big entrance yeah, of the night. Yeah, and it, and to me it fell flat. But well, that, that's all. I'm just gonna say the the entrance didn't take anything away from the match. 
No, 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 no. And we'll definitely get to that. We um, will get to that, but first you have to start at the top. That was the NXT Tag Titles match. Street Profits defeating the Undisputed Era, who had claimed by the end of the night they would hold all the gold. All the gold. They didn't hold all the gold. They didn't. But they will. They have before, and they will again. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the day. Just, I just want all four of them to stay in NXT. But uh, Street Profits, you know, a couple of months ago, I was not sure about them at all. And I love them so much. Montez Ford, mostly. He's yeah. great. And I love them on Ron's, or, yeah, on Raw, when they're commentating like the backstage stuff. I don't know that you've seen it, but they're in, they're on Raw. Yeah, now? they're not really competing, but they're like um what what did uh I think somebody akin them to a Greek choir where they kind of just talk about the things that they just saw on on the show and it's funny. I don't know. It's really good, but Montez Ford so it's, has so, some so, next so let me level get this kind of the rock-esque charisma. So it's another group of black men that Vince sends out to make everybody laugh. Yeah. God, Vince, get your... Oh! Not that there's anything wrong with comedy and wrestling, but why does Vince have to take every black group and turn them into a comedy act? The minstrel ages are fucking gone. Well, I don't know. These guys play it off real naturally. And, yeah, know, well, so when does the New, new Day. Yeah, but when the and New so Day started, but, when the New Day started, nobody liked the gimmick. Well, they started as choir, though. They didn't yeah. start as, as comedy. They, they ended up making it. But it's just... Uh, my point just is... There's only two kinds of black people in WWE. There's the, the the silly minstrels, and there's the gangsters. Yeah. And it's like, can't we just have... Like, uh, uh, Apollo Crews, who gets no time and has gotten zero pushes, is just a person. He's not a black person. He's just a person. You know what I mean? That's his character. Yeah. But he doesn't get any time. He doesn't get any push. He doesn't interview people backstage. Yeah, that just, that bothers me. But the charisma on Montez Ford is definitely something to keep your eye on. Because like I said, yeah. and a lot of people have said, it, it's it's some next level charisma. And it's really good. And then and then there and, was a picture with uh, them from their NXT TakeOver gear with Xavier Woods. And, and their gear all matched. And cool. it would be cool if Xavier Woods kind of maybe went over there after the New Day ran its course. Well, and you know, and charisma is probably the number one thing you need in WWE. Oh, yeah. yeah, especially right so now at this juncture good. where they're trying to pull as hard as they can to get as many people back interested in the product as possible. Like, yep. I, it, it's we're in the magic hour, and I love it so much. So what do you think of the match as a whole? I thought this was a really solid match. Um, Fast-paced... For a opening match, it was perfect to set the pace for the night. Um, I did not take notes, so I don't have any really real recollection of spots. I actually didn't take notes either, just because I've been out of it, you, and I should have. <laughs> do you? What do you have to say about it, though? I know you watched it um, more recently than I. It it um it was a good match. I felt like it it wasn't a great match. I think to me, <laughs> it would have been the better in the middle. Didn't win. <laughs> well, yes, biasly, yes, but no, just the whole match itself. I think it felt more like uh, like it should have been on 
second or third and not not an opener and uh and i honestly think and, and i'm always pushing for longer matches in fact i'm disappointed with SummerSlam that so many matches are so short i i think it could have been shorter i think if you would have knocked two to four minutes off of this it probably would have helped it yeah um but yeah i mean it was a solid match for sure i think at solid. this point they just they really want to be able to showcase the street profits to people because they brought them up yep. really quick out of nowhere and put the belts on them. And so everybody, you know, you got to, I don't know. I, I thought it was a solid match, though, and a good way to kick off the show. It, yeah, like you said, it was long, but they're fun to watch. Yeah, and it's just, I, and I like long matches. It just, to me, it started to feel long. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of a pay-per-view, no, you don't want that. the first match should be kind of 10 minutes tops-ish. Yeah. Or it should hold you for the whole 1655, you know. But, yeah, yeah. But good, good. A good effort on all of them. All four are extremely talented. Um, you know, Kyle O'Reilly's not my favorite of the Undisputed Era, obviously. Oh, yes, he is. But, um, yeah, yeah, good. And then we had Io Shirai defeating Candice LeRae in just a singles match. It was nice. There's nothing special about this match. There was no gimmick. Well, there was nothing the on the line. Itself. It was a, it was a it very was, solid match. Oh. Uh, and the I, match was amazingly fantastic. This is Candice LeRae's first singles match in NXT, or at See, least on since a takeover. I haven't been watching, my my mental note that I came up with was: it's nice to see Candice LeRae actually wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because anybody who's listened to this podcast long before she ever signed with NXT, you guys know I've gushed over Candice LeRae. Yes. She is a fantastic, amazing athlete. World's she can wrestle tag women. Team. Yes, yeah, her and Joey Ryan, um, she can wrestle women, she can wrestle men, she can wrestle hardcore, she can wrestle um, uh, mat wrestling. I want to see her in a hardcore match, I think that would be fun. She's awesome, she's just amazing. Does she and bleed? And Io Shirai, this, uh, this, I haven't seen her heel, this heel Io Shirai, nice. I'm in love with. Yeah. Oh, and she plays it so good, and when she was, when she wasn't getting the pin, and she would just literally sit there and pull her hair and scream... Like, that's character. That's telling us a story. Even if, I don't know how well she speaks English or not. Better than but we all. Well, but we all knew what, what was going on, right? Yeah. Without any words. Yeah. We were like, holy shit, she's like completely dumbfounded. How come she hasn't been able to take out Candice LeRae yet? So, this, this match, I couldn't take my eyes off it. Two amazing athletes. Two of the best wrestlers in NXT. And I'm saying that. I'm not saying two of the best female. I'm saying two of the best wrestlers in NXT right now. After this match, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the rematch for the NXT women's title. Oh, Because you know that now Shirai is like, grab this heel gimmick character. She's going to be the next one. I, I love her. as She's really owning this heel. It's so good. Oh, and something else that I just made a mental note of when I was watching this. And I don't know if it means anything, and if I don't know if it's on purpose or what it is. And I know WWE's main roster has some great women wrestlers, and even though they may not be using them to their full potential, they're they're still doing good. Mm. NXT's women are dressed a lot less provocatively than WWE's main roster women. You see a lot of one pieces. You see a lot of covering the belly. You see a lot less cleavage. It could be grooming um, them for, for when Saudi down. Arabia eventually allows women's wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Awesome. We I get your gear tasting. right now so when they let it happen, 
There's no, you don't have to I love that. get new outfits. But, but for whatever reason, I really appreciated the fact that they're not trying to get people to watch the women's Honestly, bodies. Though, they're trying to get them to watch WWE the match. women's outfits have toned down significantly since oh. even 10 years ago, let alone the Attitude Era. You know what I mean? Back when, back when they had, um, back when they had the cat and... Was it Terry Runnels in a in a stink face match where they're both in fucking thongs and yeah. and the, the way to win the match is stick your ass in the other one's face? Yeah, this this has come a long, long, long way from them having Jackie. They're bringing that match back for Evolution Two <laughs> when they had Jackie Jacqueline, one of the most badass wrestlers ever. Not even female wrestler, mm-hmm. just one of the most badass wrestlers ever. And they literally had her pop her tit out when they were over in the UK <laughs> because it's legal in the UK. Just the fucking pop her rating. Uh, yes, times have changed and for the better, and I'm very thankful. Yes. But I, it was just something I kind of noted. Yeah. And it might just be it might just be coincidence. Maybe just these two gals. You know, I, I like I said, I haven't been watching a lot, so maybe just these two gals. Nonetheless, I like that. It'd be weird if Shayna Baszler came out dressed slutty. Yeah, I don't think I'd be. Hey, a- I seen I seen a thing off topic, and we haven't even got to that match. But I seen something that actually surprised me, but really puts in perspective the whole age thing that we all talk about. And maybe you've seen this, but it was something that said like. Beth Phoenix is a WWE Hall of Famer, a multi-time Divas champion. She's a commentator. She's been a judge. You know, she's retired from the business. Uh, Beth Phoenix is younger than Shayna Baszler. What? I know, right? <laughs> that really puts a lot of this, you know, wow. AJ Styles is one of them that always she puts needs the age thing in perspective. She to go to the main roster immediately. <laughs> How many years like, do you I, got her for? That's the real question. Yeah, Holy yeah. Shit. Use her while you got her, but <laughs> no, I just, I just thought that was kind of neat too. I think the 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 whole wrestling world's different. <sighs> you got AJ Styles, who's forty, maybe forty two by now, mm-hmm. wrestling some of the best matches in the world. And back in the day, you know, they were calling Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Ric Flair. They were calling them old when they were like thirty eight, thirty nine. Oh wow! Yeah. So. It's it's different. I don't yeah, know what's I, different. AJ Styles wrestling at fifty is going to be super different than the Undertaker wrestling at fifty. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I I would imagine so. Uh, and that has to do more with their body than anything else. But yeah, right. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Before we talk too much about Baszler and jump into that, we got to touch on this uh, three-way North American title match. With Velveteen Dream retaining his championship against Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. And what a match this was. I know you didn't like the entrance, but this match was so much fun. I really, really, actually really, really, really liked the match. And, and word were, has uh, it Pete Dunne is, is NXT now, not NXT UK anymore. That's good. Yes. I like that because I don't watch UK. I think that's because the way it should I'm be, though. They should graduate from UK to NXT and then to the main roster. The, the only thing I will say about this one, and they're, um, oh, God, Roddy did some amazing backbreaker um, turns, and uh, Pete Dunne with the fingers, and Velveteen. The double fingers. I like is, that. Is, yeah, oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> and, uh, Velveteen Dreams is just always amazing. The only thing I will say is there were a couple times 
where and and give credit where credit's due. These three are two complete are three completely different wrestlers. Roddy wrestles very different than Pete, who wrestles very different than Velveteen. But there were a few times that you noticed that, like things just seemed slightly off. Not bad, just slightly off. Yeah. But considering how different all three of these were, they made it work way better than on paper it should have. On paper, it should have just been a shit show. Right. No, this is it's it's one of the rare instances, and I guess it's not rare in NXT, but of a of a three way match done right. Yeah, yeah, and they did. It was almost always one on one, except for a handful of double spots, yeah. like you said, the double fingers and and things like that. So but the fluidity yeah. of it all was beautiful. It was. They they had this down. You could have had a metronome set to this, and you'd know when different beats were happening. Like you feel like they had the beat in their head, and it was a, a musical composition. Yeah, and everything came in when it was supposed to come in. So that you know that might be over over um, writing the match ahead of time instead of calling it in the ring. I don't know. But if it was, these three did it perfect. The same way like Macho and DDP both, you know, those those two guys were big on just m- mapping everything out all the time. So it works sometimes. Science. It can be. And this time, if it felt like that's what it was, but it felt like that's what it was and it was done perfectly. Mm. So I'm not knocking no, that. I, I love matches like this because going into it, I wanted Velveteen Dream to win, but if he lost it, I'd be okay with any outcome. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I would say the same thing. And of course, Roddy and Pete already have their own. You know, they have their own issues, and of course, the commentators did a great job explaining that and letting people know who maybe didn't know that there's a history there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then. Um, once the Undisputed Era didn't win the tag titles, I had figured Strong wasn't going to win this. That was my, my other complaint. Yeah, I, w- I was keeping hope. Since I haven't been well it and alive and we didn't have a sh- Cole would lose his title. <laughs> Since I haven't been well and alive and, and, and we didn't have a show and all, we obviously didn't do predictions no. for this week. So I, I, I don't know. The only, I, I do know one thing. I do know one match that I knew... I was going to pick, and that actually would have been right. And that's the only one I know offhand. So I don't know what I would have picked, but I know in my heart, of course, I wanted Roddy to win this. But um so happy Velveteen Dream kept it in a very great fashion. Yes. And then we had yes. uh, the, the least good match of the whole night. And that was the NXT Women's title match. Shayna Baszler at no fault. Retaining her title against Mia Yim, all at her fault. See, I did not get. This is the only match I didn't get to watch. You're um, probably one day better I watched, for it. One day I watched the first three matches, and then literally before we were recording, I watched the two out of three falls match to the point where Paste even got a hold of me, and I was like, "Give me four minutes. I'm at the end." I told you no, not sir, to recording. Me while I'm cleaning my room. <laughs> so, uh, so I didn't see this one. Uh, I'm a big fan of both. I've been a big fan of Mia Yim's long before I even heard of Shayna Baszler. So it, it Pasty's report disappoints me, but I'm not saying it's wrong. I got to go back I and, and watch so it much myself. Out of this. Especially since we haven't seen a lot of Mia Yim on the on the on the shows, you know. Yeah, 
And I did watch the NXT Combiner, at least, like, the first half, which was the women's half. And Mia Yim, like, kept up or outdid Shayna Baszler in most of the most of the um, competitive sports that they were doing. And so when this match was announced, I had expected a whole lot out of it. Like, holy shit, she should take her to the edge, right? Mia Yim's a veteran. Yeah. You know, she's been around forever. Mm-hmm. And it was just rough all the way through and you could tell Shayna Baszler is trying to keep things on and doing things right but Yim just was like two steps off every time. You know with with not seeing the match and without trying to sound defensive because I do love Mia Yim but I'm a huge Shayna Baszler fan also. I mean could it possibly just be um, a case of of two people that just don't mix? Yeah I think so. I think so because Shayna is don't have chemistry and they just don't work well you know i've used i've used this example before on the show and i'll always use it because it's the best example two of the greatest wrestlers of all time undertaker and steve austin they never had a good match together not once because they, Neither did they undertaker didn't have chemistry um, yes that's true <laughs> but they, they just didn't have chemistry you know what i mean mm. it's, it's not that either one's a bad person and you wouldn't blame either one they just didn't have bad chemistry i didn't see this so it might just be that mia yim was really off on this day and really fucked shit up but i'm just throwing that out there maybe it's a chemistry thing yeah i could see that or just just mia having an off day and that just wasn't the right time to have an off day that happens too to, to the best yeah. of us which brings us uh, out of the slump and into a great match, Holy the main shit. event. Two out of three falls, NXT title match. So the deal was the first fall is just a straight-up regular pro wrestling match. As called the by Adam Cole. F- the second fall was a street fight. As called by Johnny Gargano. And then for some reason... Um, Regal got to make a, a, a match also. How did that happen, Do you know? He just said, if for some reason this goes to the third he just fall, made it. I'll call the stipulation, and so we will have a definitive say, end to this. They never did say what the match was called, at least on the pay-per-view. No, but it was an so Ambrose Asylum match, is what it was. Oh, okay, I, I was going to say it's basically you, an Asylum match from TNA. the only difference is there was barbed wire on the top, okay. and there wasn't in the Ambrose Asylum match on... on oh the main whatever pay-per-view the fuck they did that so they just copied TNA's Asylum mm. match well I guess okay, that's TNA's cool. Asylum is that what, yeah because I was talking at Dean Ambrose and uh, Chris Jericho in that Asylum match well T- TNA had an, has had an Asylum match for years because okay. their their arena used to be the Asylum and what it was was a cage match that would come down it had a roof on it this one didn't but it had multiple weapons attached right. to it and you could whoever got to the weapons could use them and shit so yeah cool that's not bad. That's not bad. It's a good match to copy if you're going to copy anyone. I can't see WWE copying the King of the Hill match, uh, <laughs> which I actually like, but is very convoluted. So that's a good one to copy. I'm okay with that. Um, made for made for an interesting, interesting match. I was all the way turned up for this match, man. The first fall was a five-star match. The first fall was longer than most matches you ever yeah, see. Yeah, I thought this match for sure was going to clock in at over an hour. It felt like uh, it. It felt like the, the first fall might have been 45 minutes. What I liked was they didn't do, at, at no time did they do a fall fall. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? A lot of times in, in triple threats, it's either some, you know, it's a long first one, and then the first fall, and then the second fall right away, and then long until the third or it's a long one and two, but after the second one, they get it right away. 
They gave this one, folks, 46 minutes and 41 seconds. Over three quarters of an hour. Yep. Uh, uh, over half of their, well, at least half of their pay-per-view. Or just about half. My, of, my real question I have in my brain right now is, do Cole and Gargano put on better matches than Ciampa and Gargano? My answer would be yes, but... That's my answer. Uh, but I'm a huge I Adam need, Cole I mark. need a triple threat, just to be I'm sure. I'm a huge Johnny Gargano. See, the, the problem I've always had, we talked about this the last time, is Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano are my two favorite male wrestlers <laughs> in NXT. And before they came to NXT, they were like two of my very top indie wrestlers, like guys who aren't in WWE. They were two of my very tippy-top guys. So... I, I have a hard time ever... I, I don't... I really don't ever root against one or the other. I'll make a bet against one or the other, but I hardly ever root against one or the Did other. Did you hear Rip Baker brought her parents to the takeover for this, so, so they could watch this match? Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Good for Adam Except Cole. for the fact that they turned her away. Did they really? Yeah. That's dirty. Uh-huh. That is dirty. They turned away Adam Cole's woman and her parents. That's at least what I heard from a fan who saw her leaving uh, in in a very upset state as he was going in. It'll be interesting to see what we hear about this, because I I can see WWE doing that. And if they did do it, though, that's super dirty. Uh Come on. Come on. I mean, just put her a few rows back. Don't let her sit ringside. I get that. Yeah, I was going to say, at very least, even keep, you know, if you you don't want her on TV, keep her backstage and let her watch on a monitor. Let her parents go out and watch live if they want to or if they want to watch. That seems shitty to me. Uh If that's true, that's, and and I can see WWE doing it. That's the saddest (laughs) part. Wow. Um, But yeah, great. Great. This is the second two out of three falls match from these two guys. Not a lot of people in WWE get, you know, not too many duos like pairs have a two out of three falls match. I want more two out of three falls matches to have three different stipulations. I like it. They used to call it the three stages of hell, is what they used to call it. Oh. Um, Back in the Attitude Era or the. I didn't silence that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> or the ruthless aggression era. <laughs> Three stages of hell. I just remember, um, what is it, ready to rumble? What's the three cages stacked the, on top the of each triple, other? Yeah, the triple cage. Yeah. That's, Do you remember WCW actually did that? I like, wasn't a WCW guy. I should go watch that, uh, though. What was it on? It was on one of their 2,000 pay-per-views. <laughs> um it's honestly not a good match, but it's still worth watching. It's a gimmick it's, I want to see. It's yeah, it's it's a fun gimmick match. Did they do you it know just what I mean? for the movie? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah! David Arquette was in it. <laughs> There's Jeff Jarrett, um, uh, Vince Russo, David Vince Arquette. Russo. I remember the Harris oh, brothers were in I there. I can't wait to watch that. I think Big Papa Pump was in there. I'm trying to remember who was on. But yeah, it was a three stages of the, yeah, the, the, the triple threat cage where you had to go up to the cage, all the way to the top, get the title, like a ladder match, and then go all the way back down through the cage. So then you, you had the title, but you could lose the title on your way back down? If I remember right, I think so, yeah. Nice. They should bring that back with a 24-7 championship. 
<laughs> they should, you know, that match wasn't horrible. It's just connected to a lot of horrible yeah. shit, like 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 they're ready to rumble and like Vince Russo, Vince Russo. and stuff Anytime like that. Vince Russo's in the ring, you know, you're gonna have a good time. So it's like, you know what? Just <sighs> I think they should bring it back. It's fun. It probably costs a lot <laughs> to make, but. Okay, so here we are. We we've we've ran down takeover. Well, I mean, my, we didn't my, run uh, it down. We thought it was great. My only complaint about the third thing was they've used almost every single weapon except for the bags of thumbtacks that were attached to the cage, and I was disappointed by that. You know, that was honestly probably my least favorite part of the three. Um, I don't feel they utilized the cage and weapons as much as they, they should have. It should have been a longer the, segment, I think. What What I also didn't... I, I don't know what... I don't know what Adam Cole did off the top rope with the barbed wire. Do you know? Was it just like a side Russian they leg just sweep? Or do you like know? fell over. Like, like, yeah, I know, but it was. But I think it was supposed to be a move. I didn't see a move. It just looked like Cole's okay. like, I'm going to go down and you're coming with me because I'm okay. not going to let you yeah. put that barbara right around my head. The closest thing to a move I could see is maybe a side Russian leg Another sweep. Another thing I wish was, they would have did in this but, match was we should have seen some blood in the third stage. We didn't see blood, yes. I agree. They had the barbed wire, they had tables, uh-huh. they had tacks. Um, I agree. So, Pasty, um, all in all, what what grade would you give this pay-per-view? Um, see, it, it, we talked really highly of most of the matches, but the fact of the matter is they're, each one of these matches have been outdone by other matches in the same position on other cards. I gotta say, That's this was problem. a B-plus with the, the last match being the best match. So I give it a B plus as well, basically for the same thing you said. It's like they they've just set these NXT matches bar so yeah. high, it's hard to reach it to match it. So Pacey, I'm torn between two matches as the best match. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why I'm torn, and I want you to help me decide which one is which. I'm not gonna tell you what the matches are. I'm just gonna tell you why I'm torn. One match I thought was I thought was better than all the other matches. But I don't think it was as good as it should have and could have been. Um, c- kind of fell short to expectations, I would say. The other match was not as good as the match I just previously said. But I think it shattered expectations and went well above and beyond. That's obviously what your first sh- pick was two out of three, and your second pick was Shirai Candice LeRae. <laughs> You know me too good. <laughs> so I'm really torn. Go with, go I, I don't know. That's fine. Because I mean, literally, I mean, the two out of three falls match was the better match. A hundred percent. I'll give it but that. They could have did but better. Those two guys in that stipulation could have done a lot better. I really want to see. And Io Shirai and Candice LeRae and, and just I thought. I thought that was going to be the match of the night until I seen the last match. I, I was really surprised at how I, I love both wrestlers, but I, it just really, I was like, wow, I'm entranced in this match. So, uh, okay. So I'll, I'll give it to, I'll give it to the women. Do it. Throw oh, the women in the bowl. It was a good show though. It was definitely worth the watch. And this is the point where I have to tell you this, this live NXT takeover review is brought to you by tomato champagne. Which I am drinking right now, and it's made with Sucker Punch Gourmet Bloody Mary Mix. And, of course, the champagne of beers, Miller High Life, 
in a lovely chilada. You gotta love it. And this Bloody Mary mix is so pickly. It's so good. I love it. What is it called? It's sucker Punch. Ooh, I'll have to look for yes. that. I love Bloody Marys. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a shirtless, like, uh, old school vintage boxer guy. And he's in the boxing pose, oh. but in both of his hands are tomatoes. And he's cool got beans. this twirly mustache. It's, it's, uh, it's really good. You know, I love alcohol and I love tomato juice, so it's like Bloody Marys are like, Ta-da! and I love vegetables, mm. so I like to throw, you know, I'll throw olives and and celery and a tomato, maybe a stick of bacon. And I mean, we only you know, invented the drink tomato champagne about a year ago. Yeah, Tommaso Ciampa. Yep. And so it makes sense to finally stuff. drink it on the show. We had intended on drinking it together at the Galactic Get Down. But that was a fucking yeah. bust. <laughs> We were all ready for it. I had the tomato, you had the champagne. Yes, indeed. It just... Yeah, that's better left un, un, untalked about. <laughs> Been there, <laughs> done that. the butterflies! Woo. Maybe but then can we, we attribute that to the butterflies? Like, that's the butterfly effect? Oh, we can. <laughs> I mean, we can do whatever the fuck we want. I can, no, I can attribute it to the raccoon global warming. It's the raccoon effect. The raccoon. We're, oh, oh, the fucking raccoon. Yeah. Oh, that poor raccoon. Rest his soul. I forgot about him. Why do you got to bring him back oh, up again? Um, Rest his soul. The next batch of t-shirts is going to be all about the raccoon. Uh, headless raccoon. It's That's rough. the new Beastix podcast logo. It's rough. <laughs> I don't like headless raccoons, but I love tanukis with giant sacks. There you go. And speaking of Tanukis with Giant Sacks, Pasty, it's SummerSlam. Yes, indeed. The only slam you do in the summer that isn't a bummer. Well, so you're saying when you slam, never mind. What? I was talking uh, about belly first, flops. But. Uh, the, oh, okay, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> so we had the pre-show. Pasty, did you watch the pre-show Oh, yeah, come on. I, oh, yeah, I on. don't know. If it's a pay-per-view day, I... I put the pre-show on with the intentions of just having background noise and not missing the beginning of the pay-per-view. Okay, so how was the uh, Cruiserweight title match between Drew Gulak and or- Oni Larkin? As solid as you would expect. Very good. Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm not an Oni Larkin fan. No, I'm not either, but <laughs> him on his own, like, I'm used to seeing him in the tag team, and so seeing him right. on his own and in a match with Drew Gulak, like, it really got you, you he got to showcase himself very well. Granted, he's still an ugly sack of potatoes, and I don't like him much. But this was a solid match. Uh, much better than the next match. Murph Dirt yes. defeating Apollo Crews by disqualification. First of all, I think this is the first time Apollo Crews has been on even a pre-show in about a year. <laughs> right, yep. Like, we haven't seen Apollo Crews anywhere outside It just goes to show they're, they're anywhere trying to do stuff better, but it's still Apollo Crews on a pre-show. Although the push Buddy Murphy got this week on Raw in the main event with Roman Reigns, and it was probably a a match of the year contender in the WWE bubble. But you can't give WWE credit for that, Pasty. No. Because that was not WWE's plan. No, no, that's that's all credited to the WWE universe. I'm assuming we're going to get into that more a little bit later. Sure. No, are we sure. going to so we'll save it we for that. Do it now? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know that we're going to talk about okay. it later. So basically, uh, so there's this whole thing. So the White Hummer 
from WCW. They're redoing that with Roman yeah. Reigns, apparently, with a forklift. Uh, it was like, the forklift didn't have anything to do with it. It was just like scaffolding falling over. Well, what's the forklift the then? scaffolding was on the forklift. The forklift mm. didn't move. The scaffolding just fell over. Well, what kind of shit is that? Okay. And then... So, yeah, so... Go ahead. You know more about this than yeah, I do. And then the fans were saying it was Samoa Joe because of the, the altercation they had prior on the on the Raw reunion. Right. And somehow <sighs> somehow uh, Eric Rowan got brought into it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, see, okay, so what happened was the next week, uh, well, the, there, there was a shot the first week of Buddy Murphy in the background, which was unintentional. And fans... Correct. He, he just happened to be walking around backstage while they yeah. were shooting this and angle. And fans from various <laughs> screenshots were able to depict that it was Buddy Murphy, and that's where it ran, ran, ran rampant. So that's how Buddy Murphy got into this. Had nothing to do with WWE planning anything. He was just walking around because he literally had nothing to do. <laughs> and the universe pulled him in. Ah, uh, the universe works in mysterious ways. Oh, fuck. I said the universe. I sound like a cop-out. <laughs> but it's true. But yeah. It's true. Okay. But yeah, and then and then he Roman Reigns was almost hit by a car, proving that Samoa Joe was innocent. And then Reigns went after Murphy and threw him around the locker room like a little bitch. And he said, "Well, I saw Rowan. It was Rowan." And then Roman Reigns went to go after Rowan, and Daniel Bryan's like, "It wasn't us. But we'll show you who it was next week." And then he had the match with Buddy Murphy, and it was fucking amazing. I, I'll have to go back and watch that one because I haven't seen it, but I have heard good things it's about worth it. it. And if you're just watching like the Hulu version of Raw, just go go for mm-hmm. the whole thing. Like the, it's getting, you can tell they're they're making efforts to make a difference. That's good. <sighs> but yeah, it's basically it's the White Hummer from WCW. It's the uh, who ran over the Rock from WWE. Which, by the way, they never answered that, so we don't. I mean, they had. Rikishi I'm gonna laugh my ass say off. He did. I did it for the Rock when it's not but Rowan, then. but it's Luke Harper as his new gimmick, Luke Emia. Well, didn't uh, they? <laughs> I'm gonna that's, get that's, you, Roman. <laughs> I like. I like that, Pacey. That is awesome. I actually love that. <laughs> I did hear, though, didn't they already say it's not uh, Eric Rowan? Didn't Buddy Murphy admit that? Uh, no, he just has an attitude. He, I don't know. It's stupid. You still don't know. I, but I re- Daniel Bryan... Oh, I, read, I read that he admitted it, and I seen well, a screenshot yeah, of Daniel him Bryan talking. Saying, say, tell, tell him you lied. Say you lied. Say you lied. He's in his face, and they're threatening to beat him up, and they're beating him up, and he's like, I lied! You know, they okay. extorted it out So it's of, kind of a course, right. yeah. So it still could okay. be Brian and Rowan, but they claim that they're going to bring the perpetrator to Roman Reigns next week, so. Yeah. They're doing a good job of stretching it out. I'm and glad that's it's just Smackdown, not like a one right? and done. Yeah. So is, Wait, is Reigns, yeah. are they still doing the, um, are they still doing the, uh, wild card thing? I think thing? the wild card thing is mostly at its end. I think there's like a couple that kind of go back and forth. But for the most part, it's not a huge thing anymore. I hope they get rid yeah. of that. Honestly, um, I think they should redraft again with the with Heyman and Bischoff in control. That would actually be smart. But we're we're spending <sighs> a lot of time on the pre-show, so let's, let's just move on. We had women's tag titles match: Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are champions, and they defeated the Iconics. Yeah. I thought I thought the Iconics were still they champions were until like maybe the week already... before when it was a triple threat match. The Iconics didn't even lose. 
So they so they promised uh, Bailey and Sasha allegedly. I'll say allegedly. They promised uh, Bailey and Sasha a long title reign. Then they had them lose right away to the Iconics. <laughs> And we possibly could have got a long title reign with the Iconics, and they drop them right away to uh, not even a tag team, just two singles put together. <laughs> they're right? fucking Nikki Cross up so hard right now; it's the worst. They're not taking they're not taking these women tag no. titles seriously at no, all. Are they? Because he hates them. Because Vince these women he hates tag them and doesn't want teams. them. So obviously, they're never going to be used I properly. It. Vince just it pre-proved it when he brought these titles, and then the next thing he did was like, oh, now there's a 24-7 title, and that's going to get more airtime than your women's tag team titles. And it's more ridiculous and less prestigious. It's fun as hell, though. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, I hear it's fun as hell. I literally haven't seen a single match of it, but I, I hear it's fun, and that's fine. I think Elias there's is the actual with that. Uh, 24-7 champion right now. As of now, he is, and I just happen to know that from doing research. Which is good. Week. It's but the first just, legitimate guy you've put it on who could stand to hold it. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. But we know that that's just a, that's a Gaga title. That's not a real title. It's a Gaga title. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, but it's an entertaining title. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's not. That, <laughs> it that's does a fine, lot more for I'm the saying, entertainment value than a lot of titles do. But. But uh, what about if we put prestige into some of the titles? They'd probably have more entertainment well, value. See, my, my theory is once more legitimate guys start holding the 24-7 championship, it's going to be more legitimized. That's not going to happen. You've seen what happened with the hardcore title. Yeah, Oak. but we're not there yet. We're one foot in the door, buddy. <laughs> I need some barroom brawls, um, buddy. So, let's get to the actual uh, pay-per-view yes. match. We had a submission match. Uh, this sounds it interesting to me. Submission match. It's a submission Becky match Lynch. between Becky Lynch and Natalia in her hometown. And it's a submission match. This should have been the last women's match on the card. First of all, Pasty. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get mad here. This is the part of the show okay, where Pasty fine. gets that's mad fine, because they let's... fucked up a lot of shit here. That, that's fine, and I agree with you, and that's fine. First of all, let's. I, I just want them for all the people listening. I just want to correct you. Her home country, not her hometown. She's from Calgary, Alberta, it's Canada, the same not Toronto. Thing. <laughs> you fucking American douche! God damn you! No, Calgary is actually not even close to Toronto. They're very. They're from opposite ends. It's like New York and California, loke. But yes, it's her home country. So I yes, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree okay. with you. I'm just. I just wanted to put that well, out. Thank there. you She's for the corrections. I always want to put Alberta out the facts. Pin. Yes, just the facts, yes. man. As Joe Friday would say, and nobody listening to this know who's knows who Joe Friday is. So, um. Interested in this match. What do you think? It was good. Um, they kind of don't know very many submissions between the two of them, which a lot well, of... Natalia does know yeah. a lot, um, whether she used a lot or not. Let's let's just right. be fair. Well, but I mean, like, the, the most notable, beyond them using their own submissions, the most notable thing was they right. used each other's submissions. Which is, yeah, which is just copy and yeah. paste. But... I don't know. It was a good match, and like I said, it deserved to be further up the card. I think this match has a lot more prestige than Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus. And while I love Trish Stratus, she doesn't need to be in a ring right now. And Charlotte Flair right. doesn't have a championship. Yeah, definitely not that high up. And you could even... 
I, I would argue, and I didn't watch them again, but I would argue even the second match on this card could have opened yep. it. So what's the second match, unless you got more to talk about oh, on no, this there's one? there's not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, okay, so the, the next match we Goldberg had... Goldberg defeating Dolph Ziggler. In one minute and 50 yes. seconds. I mean, you could have opened the show with a squash like that and got a big pop for Goldberg and... Um, you know, I, I, to me, that would be fine. I feel like this would have, this match would have done more justice in the middle of the card just because it was your, hey, you're all here to see this thing, even though you bought tickets before this thing was announced. I was going to say, was this announced ahead <laughs> no, of time? No, this is like the, the, the last Raw before, okay. before the pay Is there, is there a, um... The cool thing was, though, as Goldberg came out, Ziggler got off a little bit of offense. Goldberg's like, nah, fuck that spear, jackhammer, pin. And then he walks up the ramp, and Ziggler's like, that didn't even hurt. That felt like a little girl. I didn't even feel that. If you were a man, you'd come and fight me. And then Goldberg's like, okay, and comes back down and spears him again and leaves, and he gets all the way in the back, and Ziggler starts talking shit again. And then he comes down and he, like, Ziggler is, like, writhing on the ground and can't get up, but he's in so much pain. So Goldberg comes over, picks him up. He's barely standing under on his own weight. Goldberg's just like, God damn it, this guy is ridiculous. Pats him on the back and then bounces off the ropes, bounces off the other ropes, and hits him with a huge spear. Spears. So, yeah, oh. it was wonderful. <laughs> am I am I the only one who thinks that and Ziggler even Goldberg sold the today spears just as well as you would possibly imagine? Oh, Ziggler oh, can sell. They were yeah, beautiful. One of the best. They were beautiful. Is it just me or is Goldberg at his prime and today what they still want Roman Reigns to be? Yeah, he might not have a huge repertoire, but he can get the fans behind him, and he has the. It's charisma it's, isn't the answer. Isn't the word passion? Me, isn't the word WCW he has guy? It is stupid how much the fans get behind Goldberg. Yeah, but he's he's got. I can't think of the word. I, I know there's a word for it. But it's not passion. It's not charisma. But he has so much testosterone, for lack of a better word, energy or something. Like he just he commands you. To like when you're watching his matches, you feel what happens to the other yeah. guy. Like in Saudi Arabia, so, you know, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Goldberg's. I, he's he's the original, you know, five moves of doom or whatever. But this man made a career out of five. He moves. has intensity, and I think that's what you were looking for. Intensity. Yes. That's exactly the word I was it's thinking. It's one of the of. three eyes. He has, yeah, he has he has the intensity that Roman Reigns doesn't have, and the the third one <laughs> that we came up with on the fly. Yeah, um, yeah. That that's something that that uh, Roman Reigns doesn't have. He has the intensity, and that's what's missing from Reigns. Uh, you got to watch that Buddy Murphy and, Roman Reigns match. Oh no, no, I, I I believe you, but I'm just saying. Even today, I mean, you look at this, and it's like Goldberg. From what I heard, he's got some of the biggest pops of oh, the yeah. night. Yeah, and the the Dolph Ziggler thing, calling him back and egging him on, was beautiful. Uh, do we have more news on Dolph Ziggler? Okay, nope. well, this is the part where I can say, well, this was supposed to be, in a handshake agreement between Dolph and Vince, this was supposed to be Dolph Ziggler's last match. He was going to be released oh, from his contract. But then on Raw, <laughs> when he went to go talk to Vince, Vince said, I'm not releasing you for, from your contract. I'd rather just pay you to sit on your couch. So Dolph cannot go and wrestle for somebody else. Oh, so now it's Vince's 
yeah, choice, yeah, huh? apparently. Oh, yep. wow. And that, I, I, I mean, Dolph was my, stupid to think he was going to let him go anyway. I would assume that has a lot to do with, um, I, God, I'm just going to throw some random letters out there. Maybe A, <laughs> maybe E, um, well, my last name starts with w, w. There you go. I, I'm going to assume maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> just, just random letters thrown out there. Uh, no, I, I just, I, I do find oh, it funny that, that Dolph thought he was going to let him go. Like, but sorry. That, but he, you know, before AEW was around, he was ready to let him go, and Dolph resigned on his, you know, on his own. So. I just, I feel like Dolph is one of those guys that Vince would never let out of his pocket because he knows he would go anywhere and make a difference that he's not allowed to make in WWE. It, I just, I'm just curious. I've never seen Dolph Ziggler outside of WWE. So I am super I curious like to, to see, see what, what he can, Dolph yeah. would do outside. Huh. Yeah, he might he might shit the bed. I don't think he would. I don't think he would, but he might. But the good he news is, is Dolph's bed. main side gig now is comedy, and he can do that without it interfering with WWE. So, yeah. as long as... So then we had the United States title match, AJ Styles defeating Ricochet, keeping his title. I didn't pay much attention to this one because we've seen this match before. Okay. There you go. Next we had the SmackDown women's title, Bailey retaining her title against the always just so close Ember Moon. When is Ember ever going to get her day, Pasty? Uh, you know, that's what they do. That's what they do with her on NXT, did she? She had it on NXT, but it took her a long time to get it. Just say what you want to say, Pacey. That's what they do with black people. <laughs> but then there's Kofi. So I don't know that you can. Yeah, really... and we know we know what happened with yeah, Kofi, yeah. though, right? He was a Brian. He was a Brian Daniels thing. It was like, oh, it's Black History Month. Oh, Ali was Uh-oh, out. Like he was supposed to be like in him. there, but now Ali we went have out. To run and it's with like. It. Yeah, they they never planned the Kofi thing. Dude, the Kofi some of the thing best shit they happened. don't plan. They didn't plan the Kofi thing. They didn't plan Buddy Murphy getting involved with Roman Reigns. No, I I agree, but shouldn't that just proves Vince, that like, they're fucking writing teams. Should, shouldn't Vince <laughs> learn from this? Like, holy shit, the shit we're not planning. Bray Wyatt is the best thing. Like, holy shit. Maybe we should listen to the fans. <laughs> holy shit. Maybe we should listen to the that? superstars. Fuck the fans, because the fans don't know what the fans want. Everybody's always torn in two different directions. One person loves one thing, the other person wants to shit on it. But if you listen to the superstar, every one of them should have the title Uh, all the time. I don't think it's like that. No, 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 it's like that. Some people is probably like that. If if, if it's not like that, the people who aren't like that should not be there. Well, I don't think Bray wants to touch a title. You oh, know what I mean? Don't for a second think Bray Wyatt with his lineage doesn't want the title. If he doesn't want the title, I don't want to watch him wrestle anymore. Why the fuck do I want to watch somebody who doesn't give a shit? I suppose. But I mean, that's my feel. That's my feeling. If you, I think wrestlers should strive to do more without a championship than what they're doing. That's where I sit. I think they should strive more to to do more without a championship only so that they can prove they deserve the championship and the check that comes with it. Yeah. Well, Bailey won this one with a Bailey to belly off the top rope. 
awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. And Bailey looked good. Like this was a solid Bailey match. It, it wasn't a bad match. It was kind of a quick match. I like. I'm still not. I'm still not hung up. I'm, I'm still not down on Bailey. So many people are. I still love Bailey. I mean, she, she's got. She's good. When you let her go, she can go. She's good. She's maybe not extremely great, but she's she's solid good. Like very at the top. Like she's not going to give you a bad match. Yeah. yeah. And then when we're talking about Bailey, I suppose I got to bring up that Banks is back on Raw. So how did that come about? I've seen that she's back, she but I've never, out, I've never seen she came how out or why and she's she was back. all like Natalia was talking in the ring and she came out and she hugged Natalia and was like, I'm back and I love you. And they made out for a little while. And then she took off her hair and she had blue hair underneath and then she beat the shit. She took off yes. her hair? You just, you just walked through that like that's a normal thing. That And then she took off Come her on, hair. We, you've all seen the pictures. She took off her you hair? You know she doesn't have hair. <laughs> but no, she took off her purple hair and she had blue hair underneath and then... Why? So she could beat up Natalia and then... And then <laughs> she had blue hair so she could beat up Natalia. What the fuck does that mean? That means she... She took off her hair? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> wow, this just really. And then Becky Lynch came out, and then she beat mind. the shit out of Becky Lynch with a chair and hit her in the back of the head. Did Becky keep her hair? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thankfully Becky kept her hair. Oh my gosh, I was worried. <laughs> but then Banks took off her hair and it had green hair underneath. No. <laughs> so so serious. I mean, was there like a like? Did they play into this? What What's the reason that she had? Two different hair just colors. To was this signify a thing? the fact that she's doing a heel turn, like the hair change so was like. Why wouldn't it be red? Because she's on Raw. So you know when you're on Raw, if your hair is blue, red is good. I then, guess. Yeah, then you're against the grain. Well, what was pur- purple was neutral. Then I yeah. guess it's because it's well, red and, and blue. And also, we didn't know what show she got drafted to because she had to throw the bitch fit at Mania. So oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess we forgot we missed that. So okay, well, it's that, like that a kind of makes sense. Party. Then. <laughs> it it kind of makes sense, but I think it would have been you better if she came down Sasha in red Banks hair. And a reveal party, <laughs> right? It's probably pretty fucking cheap. I'm sorry, Sasha. Hope I love it's you. not You're a boy, or she's gonna beat the shit out of everybody with a chair. Um, but to me, it would have made more sense than to come down in red hair and then change to blue. I don't. I don't. Whatever. I. I, I mean, don't she get left it, with whatever. purple it's hair, cool. so it was the same hair that she. You know, I mean, so it came out. She left it came with purple out, hair. Whatever the fuck color her hair is. Well, how did that it's happen now? Banks. You know Banks' hair. Well, you said it was purple, and she took it off, and yeah. it was blue. But, I mean... So she put it no, back on, no, or what? No, but overall, and before now, her hair has been purple. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's been her color, And so yeah. I think it was just to throw everybody off, because she did. She came out, and she was, like, being all friendly with Natalia, and oh, then she took the whatever. hair off, and she's like, fuck you all. <sighs> You know, in all honesty, and I'm going to sound sexist, and I don't mean to because I have the most respect for women and women wrestlers, I guess maybe it's a, it's a woman thing, and it means something to them. To me, it's just weird. That just sounds weird to me. Well, I, or maybe it's better when you see it. Maybe you have to watch it. I'm going to become know. a Republican and dye my hair green so you know. So you seems, know I turned super heel. Fucking, <laughs> seems super weird to me. But next we have a match. Kevin Owens versus Shade McMahon. Pasty, if Kevin Owens loses this match, he has to leave the WWE. Yes, and he to no avail attempted to get Shane McMahon to put his career on the line too. But Shane did not. 
So this match starts. Shane ain't going back to work for a fucking cable company in China anymore. He's been there, done that. Uh, remember when we only had Stephanie and how terrible that was? Remember how it hasn't gotten any no, better Shane's yet? No, Shane's been pretty fucking awful. Um, <laughs> He's been pretty awful. But not only did Shane have his awful all over this match, he also brought in a special guest, um, not ref, uh, no. Timekeeper? Second? Enforcer, there you go. Thank you. Two Enforcer. Like yeah, a second. So like, yeah. And it was Elias, and he was outside the ring okay. in a cutoff, like Macho Man style ref shirt. Yes, thank you, baby. But, uh, yeah, so then, you know, Owens had to deal with him interfering along with dealing with Shane in your typical matches. It was a very cool. typical Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin match. Right, yep, and, yep. Which is what they're doing with this, so that yeah, works. I'm, o- I'm okay with it. Yeah. That's all I have to say about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the only problem I have with it, and I, again, didn't watch this match, but I know I love Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is not Stone Cold, and Shane McMahon is not Vince. not even close. So it's always going to be, so it's always going to be Stone Cold Vince (laughs) light. Oh, very light. You know. And that's hard for Kevin Owens to pull off. (laughs) No, uh, best part about the match, though, was the ref eventually got knocked out and Kevin Owens grabbed a chair and he beat the shit out of Elias with it to get rid of him. And then he got in the ring and was going to hit Shane McMahon. And he almost hit him just as the ref popped his head up. And me and half the nation stood up from our chairs screaming, Don't do it, Kevin! Don't do it! <laughs> That's cool. He knows how to and play the And the timing the was super perfect. And so Kevin's like, yeah, I wasn't going to hit him. And he audience. tossed the chair to the ref. And then while the ref is getting rid of the chair, he wails uh, uh, Shane McMahon in the balls with his foot. And that's, yeah. and then a stunner and then a win. So it was, it was good. But like I said, it was super typical. And it, to me, that's kind of disappointing. I think my kids would really be into it, but that's because they haven't lived through it already. Yeah, 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 exactly. For a new generation, I'm sure it's it's new. Yeah. You know, so, cool beans. Uh, next up, we had Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus. Uh, how did, you want to run me through how Trish Stratus got back in? What's going on here? I don't know. <laughs> okay. How was the match? <laughs> Better than you would expect. Trish was uh, very well on point. Trish is good, and Charlotte's good. They're both but very good. But this should good. have been the fucking first match Neither on the night. Neither one's great. This should have been much earlier in the card. Yeah, there's no there's no stakes involved, and neither there's one's no championship. So all your champions, all your women's champions had to go before this. Every single yeah, one of them. that is kind of sad. For nothing to be like on the Trish. line, like, and you know Charlotte's going to win. Trish, there's no way Trish is going to beat Charlotte. You couldn't do that. Because Charlotte doesn't no. have a championship, so if she loses this, she loses everything. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, bad placement for this match. Then Good we had match, the WWE though. Title I, will, match. I can't shit on the match. It was it was oh, a was much it? better match than I had cool. anticipated. I I liked you know Trish I just was had a lot of negative Trish energy was one going of those people. It. Trish was honestly one of those people who raised the bar from model to wrestler. She came in as a model with no training, but she literally. 
took it seriously and became a solid wrestler. She's not a great wrestler. She was never no. a great wrestler. No. But for somebody who came in as a model who didn't even want to wrestle and to become what she did, it, she actually grew a lot. I always give, I, I want to give her so much credit for that. You know, that she actually grew a lot more than, than a lot of people ever did. Uh, a Terry Runnels, for example. Yeah. Then we had the WWE title match. Kofi Kingston she defending was, his title against Randy. I will say Randy. Trish was almost as legitimate as Lita in her time. And that says a lot, I think. I'd put her one step behind. Yeah, a step yeah. behind, but there yeah, was nobody really that. in between them. No, no, no. Uh, uh, no, no, Jackie was there. I'll, I'll put Jackie above Trish. Okay. I'll put Luna above Trish. There was a couple people above her. But yeah, yeah. For somebody, I mean, Lita trained as a wrestler. Luna trained as a wrestler. Jackie trained as yeah. a wrestler. Trish didn't. I mean, that, that's that's what you got to give her that little bit of handicap. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah, I, but Trish I mean, did put uh, Charlotte into a figure eight, so that was fun. Oh, awesome! Arch, that makes me arch smile. Is better than Charlotte's arch. Oh, I'm sure. Everybody knows how I feel about Charlotte. <laughs> She's not bad. She's nowhere near as good no, as they try to make no. her out to be. WWE title match. Kofi Kingston defended his title successfully against Randy Orton, but it ended in a double countout. What oh, happened to your base team? Oh, this was such a good match. It was so good. Until fucking they did the same thing that they did in Samoa Joe and fucking AJ Styles feud. And Randy threw Kofi out. And then locked eyes with his son and was like picking him up and about to punch him in front of his son when the ref double counted them out. But the whole match was really good. It was probably Kofi's best best match as champion up until that point. This is definitely his best feud. Mm. And I I love this feud because it has the good thing is, is we're probably going to get this again at the next pay-per-view. Well, yeah, if this ended in a double count-out, we're getting more yeah. of this. And it has that tie-back so, to fucking 11 years ago or whatever, when Randy Orton exactly. shut down his, his initial push. And it's got all of it in the making. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Randy Randy Orton had a hissy fit, and Kofi <laughs> Kingston dropped three rungs on the ladder that day. <sighs> and now where are they at? Randy Orton... This is his most fucking mainstream match he's had in probably a year. And it's because of Kofi. Yep. So they've completely it's traded good. spaces And Randy now. Orton got to do this, this stupid, is, this stupid, is, stupid thing in this, this match. This is uh, so Dan Aykroyd. No, this is Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy pasty. It's trading places. There you go. I love it. I love it. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing the rest of this feud. Uh... I don't like this whole, you're going to copy, paste the whole Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, bring the family into it thing. But if you're going to do it with anybody, Randy Orton is the guy to do that. Yeah, he's sadistic. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he burnt works. down Bray Wyatt's shed. Speaking of Bray Wyatt, was this an impromptu match? This was not a no, this match, was a match that was, that was made. Uh... Oh, fuck, yeah. Really? Because Wyatt had been, the Fiend had been coming out and attacking Balor. He's attacked him at least twice on Raw. Once okay. was with the uh, the sis, uh, Sister Abigail. And then the second time was after he got the Mandible Claw. Sister Abigail? Sister, the finisher. 
Oh, oh, okay. I was, I was going to say, I thought he was... Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was then, and then gotcha. after that was when he uh, interrupted Mick Foley and took the Mandible Claw, and then the week after that, he hit Finn Balor with the Mandible Claw. That's awesome. I, I like that. I like him stealing mm. the Mandible Claw from Foley, and the Mandible Claw works for the Bray Wyatt character and the Fiend character. Yeah, I so then Balor that. challenged him to a fight, and of course, he accepted and it wasn't the demon, no, of which course. was stupid. And, it wasn't and I think the as soon as, as soon as Finn saw Bray's entrance, he's like, "Fuck! I should have wore the paint." <laughs> it was really cool to see that look on his face. He came out in all white. He came out like a white leather jacket with white trunks, and so like I, I liked that because it was a total duality on it. But the the Fiend's right. entrance hit, and it started with the the uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse entrance. Whatever thing. We're really glad that yeah, you're yeah. our friends, and this is a friendship that'll never ever end. And then it shut yeah. down. And then the song started. And the song The Fiend's theme song, let me let me get this right for you here. It okay. is charting on the music charts. Oh, yeah. I've I've heard it that. Is, I've heard that. Why is it, I have the page up here. It is Oh, come on. I don't think there's anything, I don't think any song has charted. I think maybe Glorious did for a little bit, but I don't think it's going to chart anything like this. Uh, number two entry on the soundtracks list on iTunes, uh, floated in the mid twenties on iTunes top 200 songs. Uh, it's doing well on Amazon. It's in the 29th spot as the best sellers and albums and ranked 48 in best selling oh, songs. That's just. I mean that's unfathomable for uh, for a pro wrestler's ring entrance, especially as much as you, I, and everyone loves Bray Wyatt. He's not an A list pro wrestler no. right now. This isn't Seth Rollins. This isn't Roman Reigns. This isn't Goldberg. This isn't Undertaker. This is a right now a B list wrestler, Bray mm. Wyatt. the The theme song is it's Holy a remix shit. of the original Bray Wyatt theme song. It's much heavier, metal, dark. Uh, it's also made by the, the Code Orange, the band who did Aleister Black's theme song. It's Code their Orange? second time working with WWE. I'm assuming we're going to see a lot more of them. I hope so. It's the, the song is really well done. It's very powerful. It suits the character perfectly. Bray Wyatt's entrance is a slow walk to the ring like Undertaker now as the Fiend in the full getup. So... When he comes down uh, in this uh, SummerSlam match, does he have the Bray Wyatt lantern? Well, he's got Bray Wyatt's head with the mouth stretched out and a lantern inside the head, and his eyes are sewed shut. Oh, it I love that. I love that. so perfect. And it, it, that, I love that. That and lantern alone that- gave SummerSlam a TV-14 rating. And people were worried that WWE was like, oh, we're not going to be able to use the lantern. No. WWE is 100% behind the lantern. They're not editing they, it out. You won't see it on TV. In fact, they put you out... You'll only see it on pay-per-views, I'm assuming, if they want to keep their PG TV. Well, they, they put it they put it out on uh, on their promotional pictures. Yeah, yeah. They have they, him with it on well, their promotional the day pictures. after so. the event, they had the three-minute entrance video of Bray Wyatt up, and then about two hours later, they edited it down to 59 seconds, taking the, the head out as much as possible. Could have been just in contesting with with uh, YouTube's codes. It's probably a YouTube thing and not a TV. I, I don't but see USA being worried about that. But thinking they were going to pull it because that was the. I think that's no, the best. USA isn't worried this about gimmick that. Gimmick has so many great things about it, but that lantern is the best of them all. <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. I, I seen it. I, I, I seen did you, Lantern. Did you hear that like, Bray oh told God, us this about perfect. this gimmick in 2015? The whole um, WWE ghost stories. No, no, there was like a segment, a YouTube segment or something. Uh, WWE superstar ghost stories, and Bray told this story, and it was in the character of Sister Abigail had told him about this creature seen out in the swamps. Its face was uh, had no pigment to it. It had yellow strands going from its head to its knees and yellow eyes. And it carried an alligator. And Bray Wyatt referred to himself quite a few times in his old gimmick as an alligator. The smiley tooth alligator. And so, yeah, but I mean, there's, there's, more, a there's more to it than what I have here for you. I don't have the whole thing. Probably, but I, I would say it's more them taking <laughs> that and turning it into I, a gimmick. I mean, they, they didn't they didn't well, plan they this gimmick didn't, back but I then, think it, okay? It's probably been in Bray's mind for that long. Ah, Braden. I don't know. Either. You have to go and you have to watch that segment because it's it's very believable Still, and it's very spot on. But well, I believe it, but that just means that they took that segment and they fucking ran with it. That doesn't mean that he planned it from well, then. Come on. I don't know. You're you're not you're not no, that but naive. A creative Steve. mind like that always comes up with ideas. I, I don't see that Well, I believe I believe a creative mind said, Oh shit. Here's this cool thing I talked about before. Let's let's expand on that and make a complete universe on it. Yeah, I, I can't fathom. Well, I mean, maybe he did. Check I it out before so. you judge it fully. I, I understand where you're coming from, but definitely check it out. I'm gonna judge you whenever the fuck but, I um, want. So the entrance was amazing. But um, uh, how about the, the match? match? The match was super. It was quick. it was short, but you would want that, right? If you're putting Bray over, it's got to be done in a quick and concise manner. You, you would. You would. The only thing I have to say is fucking wife and Balor. Because Balor was supposed to be the last match Bray was going to have. You got to understand the methodology <sighs> between the hurt and heel thing that's going on now. Yeah, or it could have been. Bray is going to be targeting the people who he's lost to. Or it could have been Buddy Murphy. And it would have had the same Finn exact Balor also effect, you know wants I mean? to have some time off. And this is another turning point. And, like, my my fantasy booking going forward was fa- Balor wanted time off after SummerSlam. I, I would agree with that if he sold the neck breaking. But with him not selling the neck breaking, I'm that's still my, not that's giving you that. That's my only complaint about this whole match was when he broke his <laughs> neck, Balor should not have got off any more offense. And Balor did get off some offense no. beforehand, so I don't understand why. But as soon as he started to get the offense in is when when Bray shut him down for good. I just I just think there's so many people who who are there just to lose. Don't don't bury Finn Balor and, and no offense, I, they're building the fiend and it's cool and I like what they're doing. Bray Wyatt though is not a proven commodity. Don't have Finn Balor losing to somebody who's lost. I don't know. To I think a lot of people who watch the product would be disagreeing with you. But I don't think everybody's anybody who actually watches the product would. I don't think anybody who watches the product would disagree with that. <laughs> why? Why? Why hurt one person when you're not even helping the other person? I don't What's know. I'm going to piss my pants when it turns out the fiend is the one trying to kill Roman Reigns. Well, that's fine, but that still has nothing to do with this. Like, why? Why hurt 
Bray I'm just White saying, I would Balor when you're not helping. I don't think Bray it hurts White Balor, and I think if you wanted time off, this is a good way to send him out, and that's what I think you should do. You don't think it hurts Finn Balor when when all he's doing is fucking. He doesn't. Losing? He's been winning. He's he's had some good matches lately. No, no, he hasn't. The big the big matches, he has not been winning. Even though I'm not watching, I'm keeping up with shit. He has not been winning any of the big matches. The big matches, the ones that count, the important ones. He well, the thing is, is, is they still let in to believe that the fact that Finn lost the match because he didn't bring out the demon, he wasn't prepared. That, that's cool, and too. And there's room but it's for that like, to be finished it, out in the future. The first, the first match with the Fiend... I mean, he should be knocking out people who are there just to be knocked out. I think, I think with the character, it's gotta, it's gotta be specific. It's gotta have a point. What's his point? That it can beat a guy who hasn't fucking beat anybody. I think it's gonna change. I don't know. You'll see. You'll see. And you have to watch it for yourself. Well, I'm already, I'm already seeing Loke. I'm, 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 I don't have to watch it to know what, what, what's going on uh, in the writing, Loke. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. It just... I, I, I'm cool. I just think this was the wrong way to go about it. I don't think they should have... I don't think they should sell Balor for The Fiend. I think there's other people they could have put I thought you, if you got a problem with that, I, you'll I have a problem with the fact that Aleister Black is itching to knock at the door of Bray Wyatt. I don't want that to happen yeah, anytime I don't, soon. I don't, no, I don't want them to fucking kill give Aleister that, Black with that, Bray like, Wyatt. WrestleMania in two years. That's when you do it. Yeah, build them both up. Alistair needs to pump his brakes, though, because if he brings that to Vince, Vince will jump on board with it, and it won't be good for him. So, (sighs) I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's not right. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, I do like the fact that it wasn't the demon, though, and it can set set that up. So, if if that's where they're going in the long run, I'm okay with it. They've just... They've really been shitting well, here's on Finn Balor, my fantasy booking for The Fiend going forward. You use him yeah. very rare and sparingly, and you only use him on people who want some time off. So everybody he puts out, he puts out with the mandible claw. You let him in. If that's what it is, I'm 100% cool with that. If, if it's if it's The Fiend took out Bray, or uh, not Bray, Finn Balor, and now he's, he's done mm. for a while... But that's and then yeah, that's then the not next even time they, they bring all because the, the mandible claw is him entering you, and so it would be He's grounds for anybody's return to come with a complete change of character. And maybe Finn Balor comes back as a dark demon, and that's all he is. You know, maybe he inverts his uh, f- yeah. his paint, or yeah. you know. I don't think somebody like Finn Balor needs a gimmick change, but I think it would be a good way to get gimmick changes on people who do need them from shitty booking. I, past. You know what? I actually think Finn Balor does need a gimmick change just because of what I just argued. He's just been being <sighs> he's he's just been being buried. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool to have him be heel. And have him be just a monster heel. It would be good. I think. I think when Finn Balor comes back, he's going to join up with the OC. I, you know what? For a second, I didn't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about, but now I remember that the that the new Bullet Club is called yep, the OC, the only club. Which is cool. I, I'm okay with that. Is that no, what it there's is officially the G, there's now? No, there's no really official to the O. The O oh, is a okay, floating it's still word. Just OC. 
Um, let's let's move on to the the main title I, match. We, we spent a lot of time on a three fucking we did, minute match. But I really wanted to, and Bray um, <laughs> Wyatt deserves it. His but brain it's good. is these two oh. people, both of these people deserve it. Yeah, Bray Wyatt Thank and God Finn Balor. They've they've put their whole lives into this business, and uh, they haven't gotten enough out of it yet. And I hope that at least one of them, if not both, gets. I want great I want Bray this. to retire and direct horror movies. So we got the Universal title match. Seth Rollins defeated Brock Lesnar to regain so crazy. the Nobody championship match. Seth now, Rollins Pacey, to take his championship back the pay-per-view after he lost it to Brock Lesnar. Oh, wow. This is this is literally the one that I was going to say I called. Oh, I'm sure you did. You're, you're that kind of guy. I, I didn't think that they wanted Brock to have the title. I thought it was just a, a ploy, and I was pretty sure that Seth was going to win it back. This is the only one I knew that I would have picked this Seth Rollins to win. This is my favorite Brock Lesnar match of his current run. I know I just said that recently with another match, but this topped it. Yep. Seth Rollins backflipped out of two suplexes, landed on his feet, and he just brought it. At one point, you know, Seth's, Seth's ribs are injured from brutal attacks by Brock Lesnar over the weeks. But uh, at one yep. point, Lesnar's got him by his rib tape, and he's swinging him around like a bale of hay. And ah, that's awesome. There's just, it, the whole match is so good. My biggest complaint about this match, though, is they spent a significant amount of time out at ringside, and the ref didn't count them out because it's the main event and it's a championship match. But they just counted out Kofi yeah. Kingston and Randy Orton, and that's a championship it just goes to show how little WWE thinks of the WWE title. Yeah, yeah. And it shows you how little they think of the WWE well, universe. Well, I mean, you know, even New Japan will do that, where the ref will call certain matches loose. WWE is not normally like that, though, and I think it's kind of shitty when they're like, okay, on the occasion we'll be like that when it benefits us. Yeah. But I don't let that take away from the fact that this match was amazing, and I didn't think Rollins was going to win it. And when I didn't think he was going to win it, I said, you know what? This is the best Brock Lesnar match without him losing that I've ever seen. And then he <laughs> lost. And I'm like, and oh, my lost. God. It was amazing. Amazing. I'm glad. These two These two guys seem to have really good chemistry together. If you don't watch any of the rest of the pay-per-view, watch well those together. two matches, these last two matches. That's all you need to do. It's 18 and a half minutes of your time, and it's well worth it. Yeah, not much. The whole pay per view though clocked in at under four hours. I think at three hours and thirty eight minutes, which is great for a, a big four. We don't normally get off that easy. Do you think? Uh, do you think? I thought about this because I, I kind of noticed that even without watching it. Do you think WWE is hearing the complaints about AEW going so long, and they're maybe even trying to put their shorter because people are complaining AEW is going funny. too long? Or do you think it's just you know, happenstance? Knowing Vince, it probably is because of AEW, even though people have been complaining about the length of WWE shows forever. When he hears oh, them yeah, complaining yeah, about another company. about WWE. Yeah. But then he yeah, hears it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, this is what we're going to do. They're Only, doing wrong. We got to do this better. Yeah, that's kind of my thought, too. We've been bitching about how long they are forever. But when somebody else is doing wrong, he says, well, that's a great idea. Why didn't anybody say anything? <laughs> It reminds me of the uh, the story that Bruce Pritchard would tell about um, Shawn Michaels. 
when he was so over as a heel and he said him and Pat Patterson, they kept telling Vince, we should turn Sean face. We should turn Sean face. Oh, he'll never be a face. He's a heel. He'll never make it as a face. All he can do, he's a heel. Look at him. Oh, he's a heel. And then one day, Vince just noticed everybody cheering for him and, and fucking getting behind him. And he's like, why can't you guys see it? Sean is a face. I can't believe nobody but me can see this. We have to make him face. They're cheering for him. Why do I even why pay you guys? You, you don't me. even notice these things. Yeah, it's like, it's like, come on, Vince. Fuck uh, that. You yeah, told me I think sooner. that's the exact same thing. <laughs> I think that's the exact same thing. I think it's like, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's just happenstance. Maybe it's chance. But that's kind of my thoughts. That's kind of been one of the big knocks on AEW is their pay per views are going a little too long. So you never know. Um, pasty. I cannot give a grade or a best match to this yet. I will go back retroactively for our year in review, though, and, and put my opinion in. What is your opinion, grade, and best match of this pay per view SummerSlam 2019? At first, I was going to give it a C, but then I realized that's just a B minus, so I went with B minus. Well, hey, at least it you got math on your side. It would be a lot better off. I probably would have given it a B or a B plus if it would have been in the proper order. But the way they fucked the first three quarters of this pay-per-view out of any kind of ebb and flow hurt it so much for me. You know, I'm glad you say that because I think a lot of people don't understand that. And I think there's a lot of people wrestling fans. Like that shit matters to me a lot. Like if I can listen to an album from start to finish and ride that wave, it means the world to me. And so when I take go over to the wrestling world, I, I take that with me. Right, yeah, even if every song mm-hmm. is great, if you put them in the wrong order, it, it doesn't work. Right. And uh, I'm glad you said that, because I think a lot of wrestling fans don't notice that, and sometimes a pay-per-view like this one seems bad or off because the placement isn't right, and they didn't structure we, it correctly. Uh, we- and sometimes you uh, you don't go back, and you you think the pay-per-view's bad, so you don't rewatch certain matches that might be great, but they were in the wrong order. But if you just went back and just watched that certain match, it's actually awesome. But it gets tainted because of where it was on mm. the card. Uh, my best non-match moment of the night has to be Elias's rock concert. He came out and played a song and was interrupted by Edge. And Edge speared him. Because Edge has been doing stem cell therapy, and he is officially cleared to wrestle, though he probably won't. Edge has come out and said officially that he believes he could yes. wrestle still. Yes. And so, you know, he's smelling that, that can, Saudi money, my he's... friend. Yeah. I, I don't want to see I him. don't either. I, I don't mean, either. I, I, like, I like what I'm he's not done, and I like complain his if he does. Until after um, the match I might, happens. I want to see the yeah. match, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I want to see I the match. Because I wasn't going to complain about complain, Undertaker Pasty. versus Goldberg. We haven't yeah, stopped complaining I, I about Undertaker complain. versus Goldberg. But, you know, to me, um, you, you talked about Edge, you talked about Undertaker. To me, I still honestly think Undertaker's 
best WrestleMania match was against Edge. And I know so many people disagree, and they think it's against Ric Flair, they think it's against Triple no, H or Edge whatever. No, Edge was really good. Just, just me personally, the Edge one was just, as far as a match went, it maybe didn't have as much story behind it. But damn, the match. If you just go back and watch the match without thinking of the stories, I think that is almost the perfect mm. WrestleMania match. Oh, Edge was so good. He was a much better head star than a lot of people gave him credit for. And I think still give him credit for to this day. I, I would call him a king of the fucking He uh, carried 90s. the Ruthless Aggression era more than John Cena did. The king of the Ruthless Aggression era. I dig that. And you know what, Pacey? After a, after a little hiatus, there's going to be a King of the yes. Ring. Yes, there will be. Um, it starts uh, next week, So actually. Yeah, and only one person can be King of the Ring. But there are a lot of people vying for that opportunity. A lot of uh, viable contenders at that. It, it's it's going to be a painful what? tournament. You know what the worst part is, Pacey? King of the Ring is a lot like the um, the the Super Battle Royal or whatever the fuck it was called. Is that it really, I hate to say this, it doesn't mean anything in the long run. The Andre the Giant Battle Royal or the, you know, the world's greatest battle royal. Honestly, where, to um, me, it all depends on if they take the king gimmick and run with it. The people who don't run with it, that's, it doesn't that's mean just shit. It. But the people who run with it, like so, King Booker... Is is my favorite King yeah. of the Ring to this day. Or King Harley Race. Yes. Remember King Harley Race? He made yes, King he of the Ring. Um, King Haku, not so much, because that Rest didn't in work peace, with Harley him. Race, by but the yeah, way, so we have not had a show since that happened. I know. Rest in peace. Um, so literally, it could almost be anybody. So I'm going to run through the Raw and uh, you run through the like- SmackDown, huh? Go ahead, tell me, tell right, me who's so coming Ra. from Raz, Baron Corbin. Who would make a great King of the Ring, I think? Cesaro. Yep. Another great competitor. I'm not even going to say that anymore because they all are. Cedric Alexander, who has shown up. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen any of his stuff with Drew McIntyre, but he, as soon as they put him on TV, he gave 100,000%. And it shows. I didn't know he was on yep, uh, the he's main He's on stream. the main roster now. Uh, Drew McIntyre is also. Participating along with Ricochet, Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, and The Miz. You know, I could literally see any of those contestants winning it. But then you go to SmackDown and it just adds so much more. You got Ali, who has surprisingly gotten a big push. Andrade, who has been surprisingly underpushed and could definitely use a lift up. Uh, Paulo Cruz who has been buried and will not win it. We got Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable, Elias, Kevin Owens, Shelton, Benjamin. So many people who definitely could win this. Now, what we're going to do here, folks, is we're just going to pick who we think is going to (laughs) win. This is going to be so easy. The one name. The one name that we think is going to win it. And, um... We could be right, we could be wrong, we could be both wrong, we could be both right, I guess. I doubt we're picking the same person. But, um... I do wish that this came down to a fatal four-way. 
instead of two people. I'm not going to lie that I, I my initial pick was Cesaro, and then I seen in the brackets he was going up against Samoa <laughs> Joe, and I was like, oh, he's not. In the first round, Samoa Joe's not losing. So I'm changing my pace. I'm going with Samoa Joe. I'm going to go with the guy who's beating the guy I originally picked. You know, Joe is a solid pick, and he needs to start getting some wins, or he needs to get the fuck out of this company. Not really, because I'm sure he's wrestled long enough that he can sit here and lose and make all the money and be happy with it. But... Um, God, you're going with Samoa Joe. See, my gut says to go with Kevin Owens because he's on the Stone Cold train ride, but... But does he need King of the Ring? Personally, he does. He seems to make a huge deal out of it, which leads me to believe he's not going to win it because he came out and told this story about how King of the Ring was his favorite thing and he's watched all these people and it's what he's wanted and they finally brought it back. Okay. Um, I I haven't seen any of that. Uh... King of the Ring is best on a heel. So the Miz is out. Owens is out. Uh, there's plenty of people who aren't viable at that point. I think Ricochet, I, I, I initially said Ricochet because of his twiddle hand, Twitter hander, hand, twiddle hander. <laughs> that time I said it wrong. You'll that get time it one I said it days, wrong on buddy. purpose. Twitter handle <laughs> at King Ricochet. But it's go. been that way since before WWE. But I could see him with the with the cape and scepter and shit, and he'd run with it. Oh, I could easily see Ricochet do it, and I think it would be a a, a great jumping off point for but him. I'm gonna go with what my black soul wants, and that's King Corbin. All right, he would be. I, dig I that. think he would be the best. I mean, Elias I mean, is there's, good. There's almost no Elias wrong is a very answer. solid pick too. I think in my. And Drew yep. McIntyre is so perfect, I don't want it to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, King Corbin is going to be my you, pick. You know what's you know what's weird yeah. is that in me thinking about this and rationalizing, my head told me with the new Fox deal and everything, they're going to want the King of the Ring to be a SmackDown person. <laughs> but both you and I picked a Raw person. <laughs> Well, there's rumors and rumblings that Lesnar's headed to SmackDown, so maybe you put it on Raw to balance it out. Yeah, I mean, who knows? We, I we still, still do don't wish know. that this and, went and down to a fatal know. four-way and they held the fatal four-way at the next pay-per-view instead of it coming down to, to a 1v1. Pasty, for all we know, it's gonna they're going to win the match, and then two weeks later, nobody's going to mention <laughs> yeah. it. Yep. You know what I mean? That's, the th- we, yeah. that's, that's WWE's way, so we don't know. about a third of the people win, that's the way it's going to play out. So... It's all, it's literally just throwing a dart at a board and hoping it sticks. None of this has any science to it, I don't think. Do you want to predict fastly? Uh, we can do it like lightning round. Like not no, legit? No, not legit, just for shits and giggles. I think it would be fun. Sure, I'm going to have to expand mine right, though, well, so I can see Cesaro it. Cesaro and Samoa Joe. Joe, yeah. Joe. Ricochet, Drew McIntyre. I say Ricochet. Ricochet. Uh, Seti Alexander versus Sami Zayn is Zayn. Ms. Zane. Corbin is Corbin. So Corbin. then we would have... Joe and Ricochet, Joe, and I'm going to go with Joe. Because he gets a quick choke out. It works well. Sami we Zayn versus Corbin. Zane and Corbin. Corbin, and I'm going yep. Corbin. <laughs> you and I, man, we're on the same page. Okay, so let's stop there yeah, and Owens go to the Elias other side. Is Owens. Owens. Ollie Buddy Murphy goes to I think Ollie. after the match with Roman Reigns, you give it to Murphy. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so we're kind of split there. Okay. So uh, go Gable, down. Gable, Benjamin, Gable. Gable. Uh, Cruz and Andrade is Andrade. Andrade. Okay, so then yep. it's Kevin Owens versus somebody, and I say Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin Owens, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's gonna going to be the finals, one. I think. And then we got Gable versus Andrade. Andrade, I'm going Andrade. Yes. Yep. Okay, okay. So now, oh, we where have we Joe at here? versus Corbin. Got, uh, Joe ver- I'm going Joe. And I would go Corbin because he's my pony. And then we have Elias versus okay. Andrade. And that's going to be the best match of I'm this going, tournament. <laughs> it probably would be. And I'm going Elias, oh, even Owens. though it's not who I Owens want to versus win. Andrade. So, yes. Oh, Owens versus Andrade. Um. Oh, yeah, I, I'm Owens. going Owens. So then He's that goes down Andrade. to Samoa Joe or Corbin versus Kevin Owens in the end. So it's our picks versus Kevin and Owens. It, so it, <laughs> <laughs> it's and beautiful. Honestly, I would have to go with Samoa Joe. <laughs> if it comes down to Corbin versus Owens, I have to go Owens is winning it. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want King this Corbin. Is fun. I like that we're pretty much spot on though across the board. I think. I, I think. Yeah, I think it's probably awesome exactly that you and the I way both, it's going to play out. That's probably <laughs> pretty close to how it's going to pan out. If you and I both kind of feel them, that was kind of <laughs> that was surprising because you and I can differ a lot of times, but we. We share the same uh, mindset sometimes as well. Well, I mean, it's a great lineup card-wise, but the way they put the matches together makes it kind of easily readable. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome other than the fact that, you know, that uh, Shelton Benjamin isn't going to win, Apollo Cruz isn't going to win. Those are probably the only two. Uh, Cedric Alexander probably isn't going to win. So those three are about the only ones you know aren't well, going to win. Miz, the rest feasibly I mean, the, the could. feasibly could, but I feel like he's in that pile of I, I doubt he's going to win. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, how, you know, we don't know how serious they're taking King right. of the Ring this year. That's that's How many the years has it thing. been Is it, since the last one? That's... Um, not horribly long, because they did a um, network special, King and of the Ring, probably three years ago. And they never made anything about it, ago. did they? No, uh, no, not at but all. Now that they're doing nope, it on the show, all, I think so. they got to make something out of it. Uh, they prop no, they won't. With I don't this think lineup, you don't think they will? Man, nope. Dude, they made a big, huge fucking deal about the Saudi Arabia show, and how many times did Braun Strowman wear his fucking? Greatest as much as Royal I think Rumble Kevin Owens has a chance belt. of winning the King of the Ring tournament, he's the only outcome I see that doesn't run with it. Yeah. And that's because he's been bitching about Shane running with the best in the world thing. So why would you run with that title? So, you keep it for yourself. That paints that picture. So there's been a lot of news about King of the Ring, Pacey, but uh, I think we got to get into our Savage, Savage Sentinel, Sentinel and talk about the news of the pro wrestling right, world. sir. <laughs> so I, I'm going to start this out, Pasty. Did you know that the bouncer who aided victims fleeing the recent shooting in Dayton, Ohio is actually pro wrestler Jeremy Ganger? No, I didn't. I haven't even heard of this. Ganger actually wrestled as Pitbull for Dayton, Ohio-based War Wrestling, also Rockstar Pro Wrestling, and Heartland Wrestling Association. 
And he was recently, since um, the Dayton, Ohio shooting, he has recently been invited to attend StarCast 3. So, um, a big ups to a pro wrestler who never, you know, in all honesty, never made waves in the pro wrestling world, at least not huge waves. But goddamn, if he didn't make huge waves in reality. Um, this guy ended up having to go to the hospital for shrapnel. He barred, he was the bouncer at a bar that was there, and he actually blocked the door from the shooter, and the shooter actually shot through the door, and he ended up getting shrapnel from from the shooting, but the shooter did not enter the bar at all. So he literally put his life on the line, stopping this deranged individual from killing multiple people inside a bar for what is is probably a slightly over uh, minimum right. wage pay. That is amazing. Holy fuck. This is the part fuck. of the show where this I just like hero. to say, calm down, America. <laughs> too, too many bullets oh, sure. this week. I can't even. I can't even. For sure, but what a fucking yeah. hero this yeah. guy is. You know, he, he didn't give a shit about himself. He easily could have just been shot. Oh, I... And he blocked this guy from hurting any innocents. And it's like... Yeah, he's a bouncer. That's his job. But you like to think the life of a pro wrestler means that even more so than a bouncer, you put your life on the mm. line every day. He was willing to stand up and just... Uh, and maybe it had nothing to do with pro wrestling. He's an awesome motherfucking yeah. dude. Yep. Can we Nobody say in America is as badass and honorable as Jeremy Ganger and Daniel, Danny Trejo. Yeah, yeah, those two are <laughs> badass. You can never he just Danny saved a life last week, too. I heard about that. I heard about that. He's not a pro he wrestler, but he's fucking badass. He would be... I would love... He'd be a great celebrity I would love to see him appearance. as a manager. Yeah, like a manager. Like, I'd love him as a manager. <laughs> Machete. Uh, Machete's the manager the for news? the fiend. We don't got a lot of... <laughs> we don't got a lot of news, but what else do uh, we got? WWE co-president Michelle Wilson sold 158,134 shares of her WWE stocks last week. Holy Ooh. shit! That's well, a I mean, lot. if we're falling into a recession the way they say we are, you sell your stocks right now, I would assume. The shares, which amounted to 79% of her stake in the company, were sold at $69.30 worth Worth Holy shit. Ten million nine hundred fifty eight thousand six hundred eighty six dollars and twenty cents. You and get 20 that twenty cents. cents, Wilson. You take your money and run. That is you know what's insane is that WWE is selling at sixty nine dollars a holy That's shit. That's a lot of That's shares huge. to own in general, I think. I'd be like twenty five. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? How much? How much does she still own now? Forty-one thousand five hundred and eight shares, and that's worth around two point oh, seven million dollars. That's still a shit ton when they're at. That's still a shit ton at sixty-nine dollars a pop. Two point seven million dollars. So she ain't hurt. All that tells me is WWE stock ain't that expensive, folks. <laughs> Jump on. Ain't that expensive? Sixty-nine dollars. I mean, in the grand scheme of things. 
one stock is $69. That's yeah, huge but it's about in the to stock crash market. If you pasty. can't tell from the story, I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, well, keep going, pasty. According to Bloomberg, WWE is stating that she sold the shares for personal reasons. She sold shares by the seashore. <laughs> it was noted that she still has enough equity to meet the requirements for an officer at the company. It, it sounds like she's scared, yeah. doesn't it? Yep. And this isn't this year. Michelle this Wilson, the first AEW time confirmed. Buyouts. <laughs> I know Michelle Wilson has. Um, sold a, a good amount of shares earlier this year, as long as a few other major contributors. In I mean, WWE. the way you look at so it, that, when Vince sells his shares, you probably should sell yours too. Well, I'm he sold going a back shit to ton now before. <laughs> yeah, before he bought XFL, he sold a shit ton. So uh, you'd almost have to be fucking drunk. To do that, but Pasty, you know, nobody does of being drunk, drunk like Alicia Fox. <sighs> no, and it's been reported that Alicia Fox was actually sent home during SummerSlam weekend. Casey Michael of Squared Circle Sirens posted a Twitter that Fox is allegedly to have been involved in an incident with a fan, and that alcohol was a contributing factor. She tweeted, something happened with a fan, either a fight or just them yelling at one another, and someone had to intervene with the situation. I'm still hearing a days from Raw Reunion now, when they brought her in along with all the legends for the first time since she got Arn well, Anderson fired. I was just going to say, don't forget that Arn Anderson got fired for letting her compete in an inebriated what state as well. What does she have so. on Vince that they fire Arn Anderson but let her continue? <laughs> but she yeah. still stays around. <laughs> she seems to have demons. Um, uh, we here at Beefsticks Podcast hope that she gets those demons taken care of. She gets the help that she needs and she gets back to the right position in her life. She's a beautiful, talented young woman. I don't think she's the best wrestler in the world. I'm not going to suck the ghost, the dick of a ghost, you know what I mean? Um, I, I If I never see her in a wrestling ring again, that's fine. But I also don't want to see her throwing her life away to drugs and alcohol. So, I hope the best for her. I hope she gets out of wrestling. I hope she gets the help that she needs. Uh, it It's sad. But it's, a lot of people it's what it is, it. and um, yeah, we all do. We all do. So, uh, what else we got, Pacey? Anything good? Uh, no, not really. Other than the comings and goings. Oh, I like the yes, comings. I know and you go. do. WWE has signed former NWA Shine World of Stardom and WOW Champion Santana Garrett. The 31-year-old who went by Britney in TNA has officially joined WWE after having multiple matches in NXT, with her first for, with her first being back in 2013 in a losing effort against Charlotte Flair. 
I could not be more excited for this. I am a huge Santana Garrett I know everybody fan. who knows of her, um, not being me, has said, finally, because this has been a long <laughs> and arduous process getting her into the company. I was surprised she's only 31 years old. I thought she was much lo- much older because no, I've been No, it's been 31 years, years since she first started trying to get into NXT. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> No, she she is amazing. She is super talented. Um, there, there's nothing but an upside from having Santana Garrett there, for sure. I, I don't know what else to say. I, obviously, NWA champion Shine, World of Stardom, Women of Wrestling. And, and she made quite a huge impact in Shimmer. She never won the title, but she had some great matches in Shimmer. When I first started watching Shimmer back in the early 2000s, she was one of the gals that I was infatuated with for her wrestling. Her and uh, cheerleader Melissa. So, God, I'm, I'm there's a lot of people who are excited for it, and I'm looking forward to seeing what she brings to the table. She's fan damn but somebody else who's fan damn pasty is another sign. Well, in theory, and he, <laughs> in theory, and he is the current Evolve champion, Austin Theory. Dun, dun, dun. He actually appeared at ringside during Saturday's WWE NXT TakeOver Toronto 2019. If you're watching the show, you I might have, have caught him. because I missed it. Pacey, he is, uh, he, he's been a indie darling, as they quite say. And actually, his uh, latest biggest match was Austin Theory versus Austin Aries in an Austin versus Austin match, which Austin Aries actually Was that the won. match that made that pay-per-view not worth watching because it wasn't on the pay-per-view, but three episodes of MLW later? Okay. Yes, that was the one. <laughs> <laughs> that was the MLW <sighs> show. Yes, the Austin versus Austin <laughs> that should have, but wasn't. Uh, I'm excited for him. He, he's a good cat. Uh, he He's not the best independent guy that they've ever signed. He's not a Matt Riddle. He's not an Adam Cole. But, but in theory, he could be never the know. best of all Some time. Some people, in theory. I'm never going to drop those puns. All right. Well, go ahead then, Brandy boy. Yes. Brianna Brandy has also signed to a developmental deal in WWE with WWE.com. Confirming that Brandy is part of the latest class performance center recruits. Brandy has no pro wrestling background, which is which is a great start. What? Oh, but is a fantastic. boxing trainer, extreme CrossFit athlete, and a hip hop artist. Well, if she's a hip hop artist, she's gonna make it. You already know that, Loke. She's going to she the main wrestling roster. under the name Edna Amore. Um, There's also another handful of uh, new recruits in the Performance Center, but to be fair, Pasty and I looked at the resumes, and they're all just like random, like jujitsu fighters and and stuff like that. There's nobody who's of note. Yeah, these these are the three that we have that are of note. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but somebody else that you're going to see of note, Pasty, is the A, is a new signee to AEW. And this is a wrestler who is so apathetic that his thumb doesn't even fully extend 
when he gives the thumb up for his own promotional photo. Yes, folks, this is Pasty's boy. Now, let's not jump the gun here. Because Ah! Enzo was my boy. And Chinless Boy was my boy. I don't want to say he's my boy because I don't want bad things for him. Because you have a bad (laughs) track record. (laughs) I love him a lot. Well, Cassidy is a 15-year pro, pasty. He's been performing for promotions such as Shikara, Beyond Wrestling, and Bar Wrestling, and was actually trained by veterans Mike Quackenbush and Chris Hero. Who are no, not him. Same but name who though, are right? Amazing like pro through. wrestlers. Oh, same last okay. name. Okay, it was Tom Quackenbush. So the only thing I have to say is I I like the Orange Cassidy gimmick, but I feel I feel it has its limits, and I think it only works in the independents when you only see it once every six months or a year. So I'm worried how AEW is going to integrate this into their weekly I'm exactly programming. in the same boat as you, and I'm a big fan of Orange Cassidy. When he was in the Battle Royale, I immediately went and watched hours of his footage, and then I realized I don't right. know how many more hours of this I can watch because I've seen it all. Because it's the same. It's the, the same reason I, I was happy when is... Joey Ryan decided not to go anywhere and stay independent. Right. Uh, oh, I agree. The, the one thing I want to say, though, that, that is a, a, a silver lining in the cloud. If they can use him sparingly and he keeps the same Orange Cassidy gimmick, when he turns face and actually starts wrestling... I think he could get a huge yes. fan no, base. I, I'm concerned about the signing, but I think that. if there's any company that can actually develop this character and make it meaningful, I think it's AEW. They've got the, the brilliant minds right. that can take this and run with it. And hopefully they don't use him every week, you know what I mean, in every pay-per-view. He, he's got to be a special Unless, attraction, similar to a Bray Wyatt, just yeah, for different yeah. reasons, you know I what mean, I mean? You could use him frequently as long as there's constantly new stuff, new innovative stuff being added to the character and to the repertoire. Yeah, he's hmm. got to do that. But I mean, yep. at the very least, you've got a great bottom carter. For sure, for sure. I think I don't this like is a to call smart... him a bottom carter because he's got much more entertainment value than that. But right now his gimmick uh, is just gaga. I can't wait till he goes and tries to kick Moxley with those kicks. Oh my god, how how <laughs> yeah, wonderful would that be? <laughs> so yeah, I, I I don't think this is a death nail either for AEW or no. for Orange Cassidy. I just think this is a good. This is a good jumping off point for Orange Cassidy to expand mm-hmm. his character. Yep. There's there's caution flags in the you air. have to at some point. But but it can be done yep. right. I think That's so. where I'm like, don't call him I my boy because I don't be. want to give him that death wish right now. I'm hoping <laughs> the best for this guy. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, he's super entertaining. I like what he does. I mean, I, I just today, actually, I posted on our Facebook page 
folks go out there and check it out. A match between two invisible wrestlers. Yes, folks, two wrestlers that you cannot see. There is the referee in the ring, and tables and chairs get brought in, and there's some outside interference. But yes, it's a match between two <laughs> invisible people. And it's ridiculous. Do the, do and the it's chairs stupid, and tables float fun. around? Uh, well, you'll see what happens. They get moved and people get hurt. Um, but you can only do that right every now and then. Like, yeah. I, like it's, it's fun watching one it thing on you the YouTube You can go between clip. promotions and do that. And you're appealing to a completely different yeah. crowd every single time. But if you're trying, yeah, if you're trying to do it every week, so 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 it'll be interesting. I like what he does. I really like it, and it's a, it's new, and it's a hell of an art form, mm-hmm. and it's fun. But he either has to find a way to, like Pacey said, expand on it, or like I said, in the future, and and I mean in the future, like a few months away, turn face and actually become a legitimate like wrestler doing holds and high flying something moves that and really makes him care spontaneous yeah. that would get him yeah, there's so gotta be over, something that makes you know him care I mean? like somebody brings lemons or <laughs> something stupid that triggers <laughs> right? yeah, that something. i care to wrestle i need to fight you or even if that was the thing like most of the time he's a gimmick character but if you get him the right way you're gonna get him serious yeah, yeah, I, I, like I'm cool with that. So it'll like a, be like interesting to Festus. see how they take it. <laughs> oh, uh, poor Luke Better than WWE, though. Although I just wish my alternate timeline where Joey Ryan made a comedy indie wrestling group. Like his own comedy federation. Like an American... Yeah. Whatever the fuck that funny one in Japan is. Yeah. DDT? Like an American oh, DDT yeah, yeah. where they can go around and they're constantly working with other promotions. But yeah, oh, like, that would it's be like awesome. a circus well, at that's, that point. That's basically yeah, yeah, Chikara. Like, Pacey, that's, that's basically Chikara. That's what Chikara is. Okay. Yeah, that's America. But, yeah. But Joey yeah, Ryan's Chikara, Chikara, Chikara right there. Yeah, yeah Joey Ryan's hats. been in Chikara. And they have the ice cream guys, and they have yeah. That's that's Chikara is super family fen- friendly, and mm-hmm. it's super so then over the Joey top. Ryan and needs if, to and if anybody listening, friendly version of that. <laughs> it, yeah, if, if anybody hasn't who's listening to this has never watched any Chikara things, just go to your YouTube machine and throw in Chikara. Um, go anywhere and find random Chikara match. Especially the ice creams, they're awesome. But Cesaro everybody, one it's, of them. it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's just Chikara is literally just fun wrestling. It may not be the best wrestling, but no, it's and that's the thing. Like, like you can you can take it from a super it's competitive from the place 80s. and make it more like the circus, which doesn't exist anymore. At least not on the level it did. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like WWE from the eighties, and I think Except I think Joey Ryan will be the moves. right man to steer that ship. Maybe not a not a family friendly comedy troupe, but something that that appeals to the people who want to just go have fun. Well, you need you need a veteran to steer your ship, pasty, and um, 
The WWE Performance Center has actually added one of Japan, one of Japan's most decorated veterans, Kenta's a junior heavyweight wrestler. <laughs> no, no, not quite Kenta. It, it would be awesome if he did, but not quite him. No. Tokimitsu Ishizawa is coming to their coaching ranks. He made a name in the squared circle as the master grappler Kendo Kashin. And he is the newest coach to join WWE's training facility in Orlando, Florida. So it's awesome that they have a veteran Japanese wrestler there to help train folks on a different style than they may be trained on with, like, Matt Bloom and Shawn Michaels and other random, you know, the other coaches yeah. that they have down there. That That's awesome. And that also helps the new Japanese talent coming in to integrate. That is true. Yeah, I think this is a good get all the way around. It's very, very beneficial. I know a lot of people might not know the name Kendo Kashin, but he, he's he been part of New Japan for many years and has, has been a huge part of the Japanese circles. So um, he, he, he should be most welcome. Let me tell you this. In the next five to ten years, you're going to see his work in other people on the main roster. I promise you that. Promise you. So, good to see that. That's awesome. The more females, the more Mexican, the more Japanese, the more diversity you can get as coaches, I think the better everyone's going to be. Yeah. Definitely. And Joey Ryan could be one of those coaches right now. Joey Ryan could definitely be one of those coaches. And you know what? Joey Ryan doesn't really have a history of injuring No, but Joey people, Ryan has so a dong, I, I and you know who has history list. with dong. Who has the a first member with on dong. this week's injury report page. <laughs> who underwent successful neck surgery for a hernia on Wednesday, August 14th. Now, that's got me like, huh? I thought a hernia was, like, lower than a neck. I guess it's a disc. It's you're a disc of in your neck. I sub- no. Yeah, you're thinking of hemorrhoid, not hernia. A hernia is any, any muscle okay. can have a hernia. Any single muscle can have a hernia. Okay. Where I don't know. I was thinking like, like uh, uh, when you pull your groin, like hernia. That's a... You think well, you can have yeah, a hernia, hernia in your groin. It, it's but, tool time, yeah, tool time. Because my muscle. first, my first impression with a hernia was what? when Tim pulled his groin. Right, Tim Taylor. I was embarrassed about it. So then I guess that's where the association is. <laughs> yeah. every, every single muscle can contract okay. a hernia. Yes, that's a, that's the an injury you to your know. muscle. Never know that there could be other people out dun, there dun, who dun, were dun, raised dun. on tool time who had no idea this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I love it too, but but multiple times you call it tool it's, time it's and tool it's home time. improvement. That's so the come on, important. Bruh. It's the important come part on, of the bruh. show. Come on, <laughs> come on, bruh. I love home improvement. <laughs> uh, so so what happened? Uh, the surgery is related to the injury which forced her retire from active competition. That's that's sad, but it's good that she had uh-huh. successful surgery. Maybe there's stem cells involved. I mean, if Edge can be cleared, I think Paige can come back. 
It's probably yeah, the only reason uh, she's staying with the company. She's going to pull soon. that Daniel Bryan card. Now that he's done it, they're all going to do it. Why not? Corey Graves will be back in the ring in three years' time. Corey? Yes. Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> Nigel McGuinness. Oh, my Corey God. Graves I couldn't wait for Nigel him to McGinnis be back in the ring. Nigel McGuinness will be a tag team. And, and and they'll use their announcer I would be persona. So fucking down like, they'll for they'll that. be announcers, but then they'll get out and beat people up. Oh. It'll be good shit. You can't oh believe my how much I would fucking spooge over that. <laughs> there would be there would I would look like Randy Marsh on the um uh Grapes of Wrath's episode of South Park where there's just spooge <laughs> everywhere. It would just be like blah, 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 blah. Nigel McGuinness is one of my favorite wrestlers ever growing up. Him and him and American Brad, uh, American Dad. Uh, <laughs> can I say that? American Dragon, Daniel American Bryanson. Dan. <laughs> Brian Danielson. <laughs> Fuck, I've, God, folks, I'm on drugs. I'm sorry. I'm not even on my. I'm not even on my normal fucking alcohol. I'm just on drugs. American Dragon. Ricky Daniel Steamboat. Bryanson. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was Ricky. Uh, and we're going to go through the injury report. Anyways. We don't even have anything here in here this week about Vampiro, who is currently undergoing some uh, serious implications with um, Alzheimer's. Pasty, I didn't hear anything I posted about this. Vampiro. I posted this on, on our Facebook page probably three three days ago. Yeah, but I don't well, it's read a video. Facebook page. It's a video, you, and, you and it's him in his car, and he's crying, and he doesn't know. I'm talking. You know I'm telling you about, about it. Quit talking. I'm telling fucking, you about it. I said something about Friday night, and you were fucking messaging me. I was like, I don't know. How the fuck do you even <laughs> know this shit? Uh, it's crazy. It's a video of him in his car, and he's crying because he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. Because he forgot where he was going. And. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's deep. And he admits he's having all these issues and it's a struggle. This better no, I not don't be think a it is. Work. I really don't think it is. That's disgusting if it is. If it is, it's disgusting. I don't see him being you, the kind of person. You have to watch it. That. It's completely honest. It broke my heart to watch it. it yes, it's on yes, our it Facebook is. page? Your, your gonna, niece I mean, even commented it. on yeah, it. That's where sure. I'm like, why didn't you see this? Because I, because I don't it's stop beef you, Pasty. I don't stop beef sticks. I only go on there when I'm going to post something. But yeah, it's it's incredibly tough, and he he says he's going to beat it, but that's the thing is you don't beat Alzheimer's. No, you can't. It's it's impossible. It's impossible. <sighs> Um, full disclosure here, I, I had a uh, grandmother with Alzheimer's, and literally, I, I'm full disclosure here, folks, I'm not going to fucking bullshit you. When it first happened, it was fun as hell. In fact, the, the best memory I have of her is when she was listening to the radio, and she asked my grandfather... Paul, what happened to the TV? It used to have a picture on it. And they were listening to the radio. I laughed my ass off. It was funny. I'm sorry. It was funny. But then as she deteriorated, she didn't know who we were. She didn't know who her kids were. Um, She started accusing my sister of stealing from her. 
and then she literally had a Cabbage Patch doll that she thought was her kid, and she took care of. And it, it was super sad. I quit seeing her, and it pissed my mother off because she thought it was rude and disrespectful of me to stop going to see my grandma, but she wasn't my grandma. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that, this is full disclosure. This is just me being open. It was, it was, uh, I didn't see, I didn't go and see her again until her funeral. That was, you know, because she wasn't her. She was somebody else, and I didn't want to see that. It was disgusting. It was sad. It hurt me. So, this whole thing is really hurtful. And there is no cure for no. Alzheimer's at this point. They're working on it. They're trying. And if any, you know, I, I don't have any, um, link to give you all right now, but if there's anywhere that you can contribute to helping find a cure for Alzheimer's, go ahead and contribute to it. I, I recommend that. It's it's one of the yeah. most hurtful diseases for the family. Well, I think it's not even for the, for the person, person, because you eventually forget how to breathe. You eventually forget how to breathe. Yeah, but they don't but they don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think suffocation would be the worst death, and then confused suffocation would probably be steps above that. I I just feel like Alzheimer's people are constantly drunk, and I'm happy when I'm drunk, so. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the one one silver lining light at the end of the tunnel is, depending on how far along he is, he may be absolved for his sins of triple mania on Twitch. No, that, he's got fucking too many years to be absolved for that shit. I'll tell you that right now. The man's never uh, been absolved for that. Oh, pasty. We got to move on. Former Memphis wrestler and promoter Eddie Marlin actually passed mourning at age 89. Marlin wrestled in NWA Mid-Atlantic where he teamed with Tommy Gilbert. He later joined his son-in-law, who was Jerry Jarrett. He joined his promotion, Continental Wrestling Association. Of course, Jerry Jarrett is the father of Jeff Jarrett, if y'all don't know. And he was a on-screen general manager throughout the 1980s. During his career, Pasty, he won the NWA Southern Tag Team Championships the NWA World Six-Man Tag Team Championships, the NWA Mid-American Tag Team Championships. So this is the grandfather of Jeff Jarrett. Um, you could you could almost call him one of the uh, godfathers of Southern Wrestling. Without him, there wouldn't be one of the biggest independent circuits of pro wrestling back in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, It's not somebody I'm familiar with. Honestly, it's not somebody I'm familiar with either. I'm just going to put that out there, but I I do know... uh, I think it's important in this day and age to say it, because like when Harley Race died, I guarantee you half the people posting about it and saying things had no idea about his career. That's sad. And I, I just think it's it's better to to be open and honest. I mean, about yeah, that. yeah, be honest about it because yeah, I'm a huge Harley Race they fan. Can, they can mean a huge thing to the world of wrestling without you knowing much about them. Yes, yeah. And to be honest, I've 
watched a hundred Harley race matches, to be honest, and I've never seen a uh, Eddie Marlin match. But I, I respect the fact that he is the grandfather of Jeff Jarrett. And let's be honest, Jerry Jarrett created the uh, Continental Wrestling Association. They were a big part of the Memphis um, territory with Jerry Lawler, which helped bring in uh, Junkyard Dog and uh, Bruiser Brody and uh, the Von Erichs were a big part of that. And then you go into the fact that Jeff Jarrett not only made a huge splash in WCW and WWE, but he created TNA, which is now Impact. So, in some form or the other, Eddie Marlin has a huge impact on our current pro wrestling scene. Yeah. You know, just like anything else, it's just like there's just... It's like, wow, if this didn't happen, what would our world look like? You know what I mean? Yep. The whole timeline changes. Yeah. There uh, wouldn't be an AJ Styles. Uh, to be fair, AJ Styles uh, got his first big break in WCW. I'd like to think he would have went on in Ring of Honor and uh, in WWE in the long run, but probably wouldn't have got as big as he did with TNA. Yeah. I remember AJ Styles teaming with uh, Air Paris in WWE back in 2001, back when there was a cruiserweight tag division. That was like the one match he did, right? That was like one or two matches he did. (laughs) Uh, I think it was in the match where Elix Skipper did the unfathomable move where he tightrope walked the cage and then Hurricane Ronald I don't even remember who it was off the cage into the mat and um, if you folks don't know what to talk about just go to go to your your YouTube machine and put in Elix Skipper cage I think it would pop up but anyways <laughs> uh, that's that's redundant um, PC, anything else we have to talk about today? Oh, not really, other than if you haven't listened to Stone Cold Podcast with Hulk Hogan, it's a good listen, and you should do oh, it. Oh, it's awesome. I still got some, I'm not completely through it, I think I got like 40 minutes left, but it is a good listen. No, I definitely recommend it. It's a lot of, uh, if anybody's read his book, it's very repetitious, but that, that's not a bad thing. Because I haven't read his book for probably almost 10 years now, and so a lot of it was like, I remember that, I remember that, I remember that, but I didn't think about it until he was talking about it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I read The Rock's book, and then I read one of McFoley's books, but that was it for wrestling books. Yeah. So with that being said, folks, um, you know what? Man, it's good to be back. We are a fiend for y'all, and we hope that y'all are a fiend for Beef Sticks Podcast. Let us in. I am Fat Mac. And my name is Pasty. And we are going to be back next week. Unless one of us contracts a disease and dies. Hopefully Pasty. Yeah, yeah, I think you need a break after the last time. (laughs) I'll take that bullet for you, my friend. I love you.